Duffy Bergman. He's a man's man. He's a ladies' man. He's a lucky man. Could you please tell me who the Bulgarian bear wrestler is who made this? I'm the Bulgarian bear wrestler. This is delicious. If you don't love me, then just tell me you don't love me and I'll get out of the way. Get out of the way! He's a man whose biological clock... I want one of those. ...is about to go off. 26 million couples a year have difficulty conceiving. Oh, what's, your, what's happening here? It's an auditory monitor. Oh, I thought maybe you were lonely. <laughs> <laughs> All we need to do is lower your temperature. This should do the trick. What's this little pocket for? Ice. Sometimes it takes more than a fertile imagination to go from here to paternity. Come on. Worst thing that can happen, we'll have two hours of incredible, unreproductive sex. Work, work, work. Gene Wilder, funny about love. Pardon me for wanting to have a grandchild from my only son. What do you want us to do to prove we're trying to have a baby? You want us to do it right here? Right here, right here. Right the usual. If their usual is anything like our usual, I don't want to see this. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, literally and figuratively. What a mess. The kickoff of a brand new season of Everything Chuskow. That's right. All the stuff you love. Jets, Bets, Nets, Big John, Little John, Monday Night Wings, Tailgating, Comedy, Godfather. The tribute you can't live without. It's all coming up on a brand new podcast that starts right now. Oh, good evening, everybody. The Dave Just Got Podcast with you. Brand new season. I call it a season. I'm almost up to my 100th episode. Memo. My wow. guest is Memo today. Wow. 100 Memo episodes. Salazar. Yeah, I think uh, it must be coming up quite soon. I guess I got to do something special, right? I think so. Is that 100 uh, in, like, from the beginning? From the very beginning. Wow. From the first one, which was, I guess it's been two years. Wow. I think I'm coming up on the two-year anniversary. Yeah. All right. This is our new theme. I like it. Uh, it's, a, it's a little Japanese uh Kind of thing going on. It's not you? No. Oh. You think I wrote this? You want to play guitar <laughs> or something? I wish I could play this. I probably could play this, though. <laughs> this is pretty easy, but I like it. I like it. It has that opening where I can do the opening and then be like, and coming up now. <laughs> you know, just write a little statement beforehand. Gets people excited, right? It's I'm very true. excited. Welcome to the new podcast, everybody. I mean, it is uh, September 7th. 2016, the start of the new season for everybody. As you know, I always look at uh, after Labor Day as the start of everything fresh. And it's not just the Jewish New Year, because I definitely don't go by that. I mean, even though I technically I go by that because I take off and everything. But I just feel this is part, this is more of the new year than January 1st. You know, I always feel Labor Day is the new year. I mean, kids start, you start school then, you know, at brand new school. There's new television, you know, the season <laughs> Well, that's then. really for you. I that's guess that's a, yeah. why, mostly. But certainly, you know, school made it different. You go to college. I mean, things, your life changes in September. It's true. 
and nothing changes in January except depression and just like I had the worst New Year's. You know, I mean, yep. nobody's ever going to say, I mean, I always have a bad summer, but I'm never going to say I had a bad summer. You know, maybe I had a couple bad days. Right. Nobody really has a bad Labor Day, you know, unless something really bad happens to you. Yeah, my mother died then. Thanks. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes September 11th such a stinker. <laughs> it's such a bummer that that, that has to come up after you. Like, All right, it's going to be fresh. And especially first day of football season is September 11th. I mean, that stinks. Oh, is that know this year? Gonna, that's this year. Oh. They know they're going to have to do tributes. God, I hate those tributes. I, I don't want to be reminded. Right. I know it's important to be reminded. Otherwise, we wouldn't, we'd forget about the Holocaust. <laughs> Not that I would ever let anyone forget about the Holocaust. No. Me and several other folks. Yes, that's true. But I guess that's the thing. You have to remember you have a day. That's the problem. The Holocaust doesn't really have a day. They have a National Remembrance Day, but you know, you don't set your you, watch. What do you to need it. a day for? It's like there's not a day goes by that we're not reminded of it. It's that true. I don't remind you. <laughs> right, it's, exactly. Yes, exactly. Just I, what's the best part is in uh, Annie Hall where he's <laughs> like I you know, it's a, so what you know, instead of going out with Paul Simon and starting her music career, he's you know, and she just gave this great performance of her life. She, she's like, what do you want to do? And then they just cut right to the sorrow and the pity. Because <laughs> right. he exactly. doesn't want her to forget. <laughs> true. I don't know why the relationship didn't last. <laughs> so so what do you want to do? And that's the best, too, is um, the first time they go to see it, the movie already started. And then uh, she's like, it, the, the opening credits are in Swedish or whatever, right? <laughs> or something. And, and he's like, you, you want to get coffee or, for two hours or what? No, no, that's when they're going to see the Bergman film, I think, right? Yeah, I know. that's the different. Is that a different? No, it's still Annie movie? Hall, but Annie? it's uh, when they're in line. I think with Marshall McLuhan. <laughs> right, right. Are they waiting for the sorrow? No, I, I think don't know they go to see the sorrow and the pity after they get turned away because they're late for the Bergman one. Okay. Yeah. No, wait. Okay. Here's how I think it works. They're online for the Bergman one. Right. A new. Yeah, Do I have it wrong. I, I think the sorrow Let's, and the pity was just this? like a quick how about gag, this? wasn't they're it? They're on the line for something. We right. don't know what it is. Right. And, but then they start talking about I saw the new Bergman picture last week. Right. It was not one of his best. <laughs> and then they bring up Marshall McLuhan. Right. Because he's waiting for her. Would you do come by way of Panama Canal? <laughs> and then she's like, I had my period. I had my period. But well, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Was that, is that the sequel to Turn of the Screw? Whatever. Um, I think that's the waiting on line. But I think because they're late to the movie. No. Sorry. I have it now. They're late because she was late. Okay. She was late. That's what. What do you do? Came, I was sitting with a couple guys named Cheech. They're you know, like, "What? You on television? Done. Come on. What's your name? <laughs> Robert Redford. Nah. Alvy Singer over here. You know. <laughs> right. So they right. go to the movie. They're late. Whatever movie that was, and then they go see the Sorrow and the Pity. Afterwards. Yeah, because they're late to that movie, and the oh, opening credits are I in see. Swedish. Right. And right. he can't see a movie from unless it's <clears throat> right. from the very beginning. Right. Right. Something I completely understand, right. which I've tried to get over, but I have lots of other things sure. that I do that are just like that. And uh, yeah, then I believe they go to see the Sorrow and the Pity. All right, that was a good recap of Annie Hall. I like that. That was a horrible recap, and it, you know, I think we wasted a. Can I, can I <laughs> take that? Five minutes. You know, it's funny. Um, you know. People are always like, you know, you can edit your pod. Like, no, no, no. This is all gold. Gold. <laughs> That's true. Did you see the new uh, Woody no, Allen? No, and I wanted So Sarah was in town, and we usually go see it, but she will not see Woody Allen anymore. Oh, because he's like... I'm yes. <laughs> so Artie said it was fantastic, the new one. She said it was great, Cafe Society. Right. So I was dying to say, I was going to go by myself, actually. It was right down the street, and I just... I'm an idiot. I don't go it's to the It's not playing anymore? I don't know. But I, I just never it. go I'd to go the movie. I, I, you know, it's been a while since I've seen it in the, the- yeah, movie yeah. in the theater. I'm pretty sorry. I saw Blue Jasmine with with Sarah, 
in the theater, and then what was the next one after that? There's one in between these two. Um, well, there's a one that was really popular with what's his name, Owen. No, no, Wilson. that's way before. That's Midnight in Paris. Right. So Blue Jasmine. Something came after Blue I Jasmine and Cafe Society, I think. I've yeah, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know whether I saw it. I missed the last couple. Was it Magic in the Moonlight with Emma Emma Stone? It might be because I haven't seen. I that saw one. that one. Was that good? No. Oh, okay. oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, I liked it because she falls in love with an older guy. Somebody who's older. <laughs> oh, than that's me. surprising for Woody Allen. I know. Well, why do you think I love Woody <laughs> Allen so much? He writes the way I want it to be. You know, even 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 his movies that aren't great I, they're still enjoyable like i I, yeah. I don't think there's one right. that i hated that i just couldn't watch uh i've had one that i well deconstructing harry i hated remember well everybody right, keeps getting angry at me for that for a know? different reason yeah i got mad at that movie everybody because um i'd seen the trailer everybody's still mad at me because they all say that's a really good one yes yeah, so you still haven't seen it not since the day i walked out of the first the first one i didn't walk out of it but i didn't enjoy it that much because i was fooled by the trailer I'm one of those people that gets suckered in. And if I see a trailer and I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be unbelievable. Now, the trailer said, when you write a tell-all book, you go to hell. <laughs> and then it cuts to Billy Crystal in as the devil. Right. And Woody Allen's there. And he goes, dude, is it too hot? You want me to turn up the air? You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be hilarious. I mean, that's so funny, <laughs> right. right? I mean, I don't know why. He says, you want me to turn up the air? It's the most obvious joke, but it's still. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be so funny. It's Woody Allen in hell. Right. And as you know, right. that never happens. Well, it's that a, happens, but only at the I end. I thought that was right. the movie. Right. No, I get so it. So I'm waiting the entire time for him to die. Right. I'm like, how's he going to do it? Is he going to get shot? Is he, oh, this this car crash will do it when he's driving up to the place with the prostitute. I'm like, this is it. I always think, it, so it ruined the movie. Right. No, I get it, but, you know, it's been a little while. I think you should uh, I, I should probably. Well, get you make so it. many movies, I can't catch up. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because you don't have much time on your hands. The, um, I have nothing but time. <laughs> I know you meant that that way. But. The, uh, wait, which is the one? Is that which is the one with Demi Moore as a therapist? Who's like, I think we should, you know. No, that's Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley, the one where she's I always think that like, is dating. deconstructing Harry. Yeah, so you did see that part because you're I always quoting that. Oh, you did watch the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, I thought you walked out or something. No, so I you... never walked out. I watched the whole thing. Oh, and then you just hated it. I see. It just ruined oh, but... it for me because I was waiting for the whole time for him to die. Yeah, I don't know. That's a brilliant one. You, you should watch it again. I know. Everybody says Lee gets mad at me, you know, straightly, <clears throat> which is technically gaily. Right. Um, you know, the other day, I'll tell you this story. I met my friend Straightly, who we call Straightly because he's gay. Um, he works at this uh, place on 46th Street, and then we went to this bar called the Harp Bar after work on a Tuesday around 9.30. Okay. And the bartender there was an idiot. I mean, just an asshole. Like, he was an older guy. I mean, maybe he's my age, but he seemed older, and right. it was his, like, first day. And, you know, when you go to an Irish bar like that, you just don't expect bartenders, especially older guys, to be bad. Mm-hmm. But he was horrible. We were letting it go, and we knew it was his first day, whatever, but he was such a dick about it. Like, he wasn't like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like, just apologize a little bit or something, you know? Right. I'm so sorry. I'll get it. It's my first day. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing, but he knew nothing. He didn't know... I said, can you make a black and tan? I must have set him off. You know, like, I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Wait, he was an Irish bartender? He, he wasn't was. Irish, but no. he had an Irish look about him. He didn't have the accent. I'm right. assuming he was Irish. Right. I don't think they hire people that aren't over there. <laughs> so anyway, we got into a huge fight at the end, you know, where um, 
I said, I was just asking for the menu because I wanted to eat something. And he just wouldn't bring it. There was nobody there. And he was like, I'll, I'll give it to you in a second. I'm like, you can't just hand me the menu. And he's like, I told you I'll get whatever. And I'm like, you're like the worst bartender ever. Because then I lost it. We'd been waiting for so long. Right. And he got all the prices wrong. He got everything wrong. And it was just after a while. I just couldn't take it anymore. And so we, and I go, you're, the, you're a horrible party. He goes, well, why don't you leave? I'm like, I can't wait to leave. I'm just waiting for my check, which I asked you for like a half hour ago. And he goes, you're, like a, you're a wise guy, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I guess so, when a bartender sucks. So we got into this like kind of heated argument. And then he goes and gets the check. And then Lee goes, I guess I can't come in here anymore. And I'm like, and I go, no, 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 I, I can work this out. I can fix this. This is what I do, right? You've seen me do this yeah, before. it's true. I said, if he's a real man, I'll be able to fix it. Uh, and it's so funny because Lee went outside to smoke. And when I left to go out, he the windows were open. And he heard the guy going, dude, you know, hey, next time you come in, first beer's on me. Right? <laughs> and he's like, wait, you, wait, you did fix I'm like, I told you. If it's a real dude and guys get into heated arguments, if you work it out when you're a real man. Right. Men work it out. So wait, what, how did, what, what's the missing piece here? How did you? I just, I don't know. I, I. I think we both apologized and, um, you know, I, I left him a good tip and, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't I don't know. I just, we just worked. I don't even remember what I said. I just had a feeling I could, I could fix it. Right. Right. And you know, you've seen me do that before. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You should have him on the podcast. I want to hear his version <laughs> of the story. Well, his version was, it's his first day and he was just having a bad day. You know, right. I mean, that's the thing, but, um, I didn't want to blow it for Lee. So, right. If I was never in there again, I probably might not have. But maybe I would have. I felt bad, too. And I was also a little drunk, and I think he understood that. And that's right. the thing that guys, I think, get usually if they're cool. Right. When you drink, things get heated, and then you make up. And that's what girls can't do, <laughs> I think, in my studies. Yeah, I guess that's uh, fairly accurate. And you know how crazy it drives <clears throat> me when I can't work it out. Like uh, with that fat girl. <laughs> right remember at the godfather so i think we told this story the last time last time i was the here first godfather right last time you were here this girl who is gorgeous now i mean but she's, i see her you know facebook what? She's pictures gorgeous even back then it was she no. i mean no she was disgusting <laughs> no she was, she was not a fat pig no, she, was, she not. was gross that is totally not true so we're me memo this guy uh was it uh, doug D- derek derek and this girl who's gorgeous Came to the Godfather afterwards, we we're having some drinks, and I'm like, remember when you bought that fat girl around, and she was, you know, at the podcast, and he goes, yeah, no, that, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You guys were trying to be cool. I'm like, no, no, the, the, the big, fat, disgusting pig that well, you bought. What happened was she was saying, you, you, you're like, I've never met you, and she was like, no, you've met me before, and then we're like at the podcast. No, like, no, that was a big, fat girl. <laughs> exactly. you got, I mean, it was like a movie, it, and those was... guys were trying to calm me down. She was even giving me a second chance, <laughs> and I was relentless. No. In the pursuit of the fact that this was a completely different girl. <laughs> this girl is thin and really sexy, and I did not see that. When, and I don't have a problem with weight, but she looks different. I, I, she looks a little... I mean, she's she obviously looks different, gorgeous. but not... She also changed her hairstyle. No, she got no. contacts. <laughs> no, no. She no, put no. on the... Come on! I showed you that the difference on Facebook that day. No, she's definitely lost a lot of weight, but no, she doesn't. Not just the her, weight. Her she's face also, looks the same. No, she's changed. She wasn't wearing glasses. She changed her hairstyle, <laughs> colored her hair a little bit. I don't know. I think she just. <laughs> and so she posts these pictures on Facebook. She just looks well. She does ridiculous. love posting pictures of and herself. That is a girl sure. I cannot 
work it out. I've tried. I've gone on <laughs> Facebook. I'm like, come on, let me make it up to you. I'll take you out. She doesn't want to know from me, she, which is weird because, because she became your friend in Facebook. So she obviously, you know what I mean? Like she wasn't your friend until after that night. Yeah, that's true. So in some weird level. Maybe she just wanted to show off. Look how hot I am and you can't do anything <laughs> about it. Maybe. But, the, but it's weird because um, she's... You know, why, why Why wouldn't she be friendly? I mean, I was just saying, no, you're thinking of a fat girl. And now I'm saying, you are so hot, you don't even look like that girl. Isn't that kind of a compliment? I guess I'm not seeing it the right way. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Oh, it's, uh, I don't think women see but it But that, that was way. hilarious. I don't even think Derek will talk to me after that. <laughs> no, he's fine. He thought it was funny. But, you know, we tried to save you. And we I couldn't. know you did. I know you did. And I, I was in so deep by saying the thing. I was like, I can't get out of it. So let me go further <laughs> and just really fuck this up. And hopefully it'll be another classic story. But I feel horrible about it because she keeps posting pictures. She where does. She's just so hot. She looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, she looks great. Did pictures of her in Ireland and all that kind I of stuff. Now she's like traveling. Come on. Something has changed. <laughs> Isn't it because of the hotness? No, she traveled before. Oh, she did? And she's always posted. You know, I got to hand it. She's always posted pictures of herself, no matter what her size But I showed people after that incident. I mean, the next day and a week later, I showed people <laughs> the difference. I had it on my phone. Yeah, no, there is obviously a difference. There's a but, big difference. But, You're too polite. No, You're no, You're a polite no. person. No, no, no. That girl was fat. I mean, she was, look. And like an ugly fat, you know, like no, I'm saying? she like, was not never like ugly a fat. sexy fat. No, I don't. Th- that part I don't agree with. I think she was always attractive. Be- even even no, I didn't even think large. she was attractive. And but you know, I don't have a problem with. That. I know, which right. is what's so weird. Because right, right. That's what I'm right. But, but I didn't think she was attractive but, when she was that heavy. No, that's not true. Because even back then, you were trying to sort of like flirt with her and stuff. Back in the. In the in her larger days in the podcast. Oh, that's because she was eating like a pig, and I like that. Well, right, you're getting turned on by all her food. That's well, true. I love that she didn't care. Right, and that's true. She definitely doesn't care. That is. She a also, turn I on. also like about her is that she'll pick her nose and she doesn't care. That I really care about. That <laughs> I think it's actually hilarious. is the one thing. I Not cannot. while she's eating. That's gross. Why would you even say that just to turn me off on purpose? Did uh, she tell you to say that? No, no, because that'll just, work. I'm just telling that's you. That's gross. She she just doesn't care. I care about that. Uh, I don't want to <clears> talk about it anymore. It's grossing me out. <laughs> right. Right, let's move on. Let's do some updates. Um, since we last left you two weeks ago, I think we had a pretty good summer. We had some good podcasts. You went to Mexico. I did. Did you have a good time? I had a good time, but um, my wife got sick for both pretty much the entire time. That was well. Tough. She's white. She is white, and so from that's the United happen. States. And she drank the water. She uh, no. She avoided the water. She had all her medicine. It didn't matter. You would be miserable down there. Oh, I, I, mean, I would get sick in it. Well, instant. the problem is you you would love the food because the food is so amazing. I can't even describe how good the food but is. But it's spicy. And the, well, even if you don't get it spicy, you would be so happy, and then you'd be paying for it, but you'd still want to keep eating. Well, that's my daily life. That's your daily life, yeah. but you know, multiply that by like thirty. Or yeah. Something. So so she got sick <clears throat> from the food. Yeah, she got sick from the food and lots of diarrhea. And other things, yeah. Vomiting? I, well, she didn't vomit, I guess, but she Yeah, just I don't had... vomit. I'm just all about diarrhea. I'm yeah. all about diarrhea. diarrhea. I get it. And I love it when I'm home, right. when there's a place to get home. I found that I think... But you're saying if, you, like, if you're home, you, don't, you like having diarrhea? I love it. It's fun? Yeah. What part is fun? I don't know. I just love when shit comes out of my ass. <laughs> I don't, I, it's like a cleansing. You know how I love the cleansing process of the colonoscopy? It's like a free colonoscopy. Yeah, yeah. I see. I don't, Save I don't know. Save a few bucks. Isn't it? It's awesome. Especially even when you're out and you come and you finally get home and it comes out. It's exciting. Because then I feel right. like a million bucks. <laughs> right. Because the disease is gone. Right. But, you know, I've been talking about it a lot. I, 
I'm not sure if I can do drinking anymore. It's a, it's, I think that might be some of the cause. Really? I mean, I'm not going to stop ever. But um, I went to Jeff Ross's on Monday because they had the roast of Rob Lowe. Were you Were you there at the roast with? No, I wasn't at the roast. Oh. They filmed that a week before in L. A. Right. So I went to watch it with him at his house on I Monday. See. I see. And uh, I drank a lot of beer, um, which was my plan. But I think it also had to do with what I had earlier in the that the morning. I had some eggs, which never agrees with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that I, then I had a Slim Jim because <laughs> Slim Jim sponsored his party at his house. So how could I not have one? It was so delicious. Uh, it was a buffalo. I didn't realize they were still around. <laughs> Slim yeah. Jim's amazing. He had like a whole stack of them. So right. and I was hungry. So I had that. And I'm pretty sure that's what did it. But I never know. I'm very uptight about going to London. Obviously, right. Um, I definitely have stomach issues, and they're all self-induced stomach issues. Yeah, I don't issues. think these are mysteries. That are, no, you know. no I, I talk about this all the time. Whenever I come back to the Devil's Game, and then I have diarrhea when I get home, I'm like, what was that all about? And then I backtrack, and I'm like, well, right, I had those three shots of tequila, all that beer. Right. I, I mixed alcohol. I had vodka drinks. I had sushi. I had chicken wings. I had, um, you know, candied bacon, you know, like <laughs> macaroni and cheese. I mean, it was, and I'm like, but I don't understand. Why would I... You know, which is so clear that it's just not the way it used to be. <laughs> it's you mean you didn't have that kind of bowel movements when you were younger? No, because I think alcohol Never. has always been you know affected me in that way. No, nah, I had a stomach of steel. I really did. Wow. It's I still don't throw up. I just always have diarrhea. Even right. when I think I've had food poisoning, it just always comes out that way. I guess, thank God. I guess sometimes it might be nice to just do it the other way, but. Right, you know, if you can't find a place, right. But if I'm not home, it's a it's a tragedy. Like there was a super hot girl at Jeff's party, like really hot, and I Ann started Coulter? talking to her. No, I see. And I started talking to her, and um, Laura was even trying to set it up, like, "Oh, he's single," you know, which was annoying, actually, really <laughs> annoying. You know, I got to do it on my own. <laughs> and then I just realized my stomach was in pain, and I had to leave. And you just left. Had to leave. Huh. I mean, I watched the whole roast. Right. It was afterwards. Right. I thought the roast was excellent. You didn't see it, huh? I haven't seen you it. You heard about the Ann Coulter thing? Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. especially because I know you, you're, in a weird way, you're a fan of her, like when you, fan, yeah. you were on the show with her and stuff. Yeah, I don't agree with any of her politics, but um, I do. She makes you laugh. She is funny. It seems like she kind of gets it, and it seems like she does it because it's financially very effective. Yeah, it's almost, I mean. It, it, but it, people it, hate her. I would think that, like, she kind of. Like this whole thing is almost in a way what she wanted, right? She got she got up there. You didn't see any of the clips? No, I haven't seen anything yet. I've been so busy. She got up there and plugged her book. Right. And put it on the table. <laughs> right. Brilliant. Then she said, and here's here's the reason Trump's going to be president. And this is a loaded crowd of <laughs> right. Democrats. Right. They're all the, liberals. And yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't even know why she was invited. I mean, Jewel got up there, the singer, and said, uh, and Colt said something funny like, you know, and that's because I hate you. Uh, you know, like, um, you're the devil. Right. And, like, people just really kept ripping on her, and she just had the stupid smile on her face. But she is a good sport. I think she knows how it is. Right. But um, she nobody was laughing, and it was very uncomfortable. But I think she's smart enough to get that that's what was going to happen. Right. Although, Jeff told me they wrote a whole bunch of jokes for her, and she didn't use them. Right. So that's her own fault. Right. And then, like, she said that they, they edited it so that she wouldn't be funny. Which is brilliant <laughs> right. of her to say. Right, exactly. She's very smart. Yeah, yeah. And I think very pretty. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, she's um, a little bit older than me, I guess. Uh, so her and Bill Maher are friends. I guess they went to Cornell at the same time. And oh. It looks like they went to college together. Interesting. So I was wondering. They might have slept together. 
Nobody knows. Know, which is weird because they have such different views. Maybe like that's why. That, Maybe yeah. that's what started it's it. It's like Diane and Sam from Cheers. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Godfather-wise, I, um, we're doing The Godfather November 15th, but at this juncture, I might change the date because I'm waiting on... Susie Essman. Okay. Did I tell you this? Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's a funny fact. I want telling Susie your Essman. Well, I just, you know, most of them can't come see the live show. Right, right. I'm trying to get Susie Essman to play Apollonia. Right. In my mind, that's going to be hilarious when, um, you know, she gets married. And in the book, they say that Apollonia, her parents started getting upset with her because she became too Americanized. And too so, quickly. So this is only in the book, not in the movie? Right. Right. Well, in the book, they spend pretty much a year together. Got which it. they don't show in the movie. It doesn't seem like they've been there that long. The only right. time you know he's been there a long time is when he says to Kay, like, how long have you been back? Well, then he says he's been back a year. So we don't even know how long all that is. Right. Um, apparently, they were in, he was in Italy for a year, and then he was back a year before he even saw Kay. So... So they're in Italy for a year, so they're married for almost a year before she dies. I see. And again, I, I always feel like I'm giving a spoiler away. <laughs> um, so what I want to do is as soon as they get married, they break the glass, and then it turns into Susie Essman from, uh, from this. I yeah. just go where the wife tells me to go. No, yeah, well, don't we all? Look at this place. Yeah. Amazing. Hold on one second. Got the script for you right here. Read it. Tell me what you think, and we'll see what happens. Hey, La. Hey. Uh, yeah. Is this something? Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. That's beautiful. wonderful. We're so happy it's a beautiful here, beautiful house. We sure are. So come on, I'll give you the tour. Oh, uh, you know what? That's okay. I, I, I get it. What do you mean? Well, you know, it's bedrooms, bathrooms. I, I, I get it. I see it. It's beautiful. It's great. You don't want a tour? Uh, you don't need to walk me All around right, get the, the fuck out of my house, okay, Larry? <laughs> Just get the fuck out right now. All right, fine. I'll take the house. No, tour. no, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm turned off. Leave. Get the fuck out, okay? Freak of fucking nature doesn't want a house tour. Susie, I'll take the house. No, no, no tour for you. <laughs> I will lunch tomorrow. Though. Okay, lunch tomorrow. <laughs> uh, how funny is that? You know what the best part about that show? What they what they have down is that when they see each other for the first time, all is forgiven and she's really nice and polite. Right. And that he just always does something that brings her to that level, <laughs> which is so funny. Um, I mean, how funny would that be if she was Apollonia? Yeah. Okay. And she's just talking to Natom. And listen, you red-lipped fuck. <laughs> I swear to God, what, what the, the fuck do I need to know how to drive for? You're not going to have chauffeurs? What am I marrying into? A fucking stand-up comedian? You fucking prick. You, you know, like, I mean, right. I don't see how that's not funny and worth waiting for. Or am I wrong? No, I think it's a great idea. Um, and you should do it. That's That's my advice. Yeah. So that's the issue right now, but... Oh, so here's the problem, and go figure, it's bad luck. Curb Your Enthusiasm has been off the air for about six years now. They're starting again November 2nd. Right. They're starting to film again. Can you believe it? November 2nd. I've done three of these shows already. No Curb Your Enthusiasm. It hasn't been on for five, six years, and they're starting to film November 2nd. So she's filming. Is... She doesn't know her schedule yet. We'll know by mid-October if she's being used that week right. or that day. Right. And then she said she would do it. 
I talked to her. All said right. she would do it. And then I would, you know, if it's her, I'm going to make the part bigger. Because sure. it would be worth it. And people were going to love it. Sure. I'm going to have them go uh, when they get married. I'm going to have them give those uh, candies into the audience. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, that'll be fun, right? That's good. So that's the story. I don't know. I might postpone it for her, but maybe I won't because um, it is a small part, I guess. I didn't even realize kind of how small. You shouldn't have any dialogue. Um, but if she's in it, then I'm going to make it bigger. I think so, you should. Like, ha- let's look at their domestic Italian life. That could be really fun, a little sitcom of its own. Right, right. That could be a very nice little five to seven minute bit. Well, especially if you if you like make it like all of a sudden he's like Larry David. Oh my God! Right, know? right. Of course. And then it's hilarious. Right. I mean, how can you not see Natterman going like, eh, you know, I I, I seen houses <laughs> exactly. I seen exactly. houses, but he, you know, Natterman's doing it. I know. I give him shit on this podcast <laughs> all the time uh, because he won't talk into the microphone. Which, by the way, thank you, Memo. Memo's getting him a headset. Um, yeah. Or, or we're getting Natterman a headset, so that will never be a problem. But he is doing it the way. I envisioned it in my head, which is funny. His performance is perfect. Just he doesn't know how to talk into the microphone. Right. I and mean, he's doing it just like Groucho. Right. It's perfect. It's a dream come true. It's like this is exactly the way I envisioned it. I mean, you know, you tell somebody in this day and age to do Groucho, <laughs> you're just like, what? But it works. <laughs> well, it, like, it's, but on the other hand, he's always do, like, that's his. I know, one. that's his whole thing. <laughs> I know, but, he's, thing. but, well, you know, a lot of people don't get right. who they are. Right. And right. So we talk about all, like, no, remember how nervous Sarah was when I was on her show? And she's like, you know, they were like, hey, we just wrote a part for the most obnoxious person that anyone's ever met. <laughs> right. Uh, how about your friend Dave Jusko? Like, and she's like, I don't know if he knows he's that. I'm not like, no, he's got to know. <laughs> so she was very panicked at the table read. Right. I remember her sitting like, I'm putting a lot on the line. This, the, the title is, is about him. It was written for him. Right. And, you know, written by the, the great Harris Whittles. And, and you know, she's like, I hope he, uh, I hope he gets it. <laughs> right. And. She knew as soon as I <laughs> said the first line that I completely right. understood. Right. No, I, I get it. Like, she, she, we had a talk. Right. She's like, well, you know the way you are. I'm like, no, no, you don't have to. <laughs> I, I, I totally get it. <laughs> don't sure. worry. You, you think I have a problem being known as the most obnoxious person ever. That's not a problem for me. Okay. Only the most obnoxious person would. Well, actually, a real obnoxious person probably wouldn't get it. No. <laughs> so, and again, the famous line of her uh, sitting at the video monitor watching one of my scenes without her. And the girl assistant comes up and says, God, you know, I know people like that. She goes, yeah, he's right there. (laughs) (laughs) How are (laughs) you? So that's the thing. I think I think Natterman, I'm not positive if Natterman gets it. But the good news is if he just acts like Natterman, then we'll be okay. Right, right. And he has been doing it. He seems to get the comedy. I mean, he is smart. He went to law school. (laughs) You know, I don't know. So he no, he gets it. But I've seen smarter people. I mean, we talk about Lawrence all the time, and that guy just doesn't get it at all. It's it, really weird. Well, no, no, you're just saying he doesn't. It's hard for him to act, but he's the not way, an actor. I know, but right. that's what I'm saying. He doesn't seem to get what we enjoyed about his personality. Right, right. Like he can't see it. But that's hard for almost you know the average. person. I, I suppose it is. Right, that's the thing. And you, but um, sometimes it's not. You know, but you. I see your point. Yeah, I right. mean, you're right. It is tough for the average person to know how they're perceived. Well, plus, like, I completely one, it's when it. you're conscious about it. You know, you get nervous and you panic, and then, you know, it's like when you get on stage sometimes. You know, you get nervous, you Me? panic. Yeah, not, not, How at, dare you? not at the Godfather, but, oh. you know. Now, uh, you know, things. that's the funny thing. Now, you know how nervous I've been on stage <clears throat> right, all this time. But that Godfather thing, you know, I'm, I'm nervous the way a person's supposed to be nervous. Right. But I'm never nervous about 
even my stand-up when I do it because it's just such a cozy place. Right. I'm telling you, it is that Village Underground is the place I've been looking for for 20 years <laughs> where I feel comfortable there. Obviously, there's a lot of my friends in the audience. Right, so, right. But sometimes that could be even more. Sure. You know, Rachel couldn't handle stuff like that. You know, she's a, she'd have a panic attack just because there was all these friends in the audience and family. Right. But for me, that is just great. It's, you know, the staff, the owner right, the is there. Owner, and he's yeah. right. I mean, it's that's what that's all I've ever needed to be to go to the next level is just be amongst friends. I get very panicked with strangers. Right. Right. It's the funny thing. Again, I bring up doing Sarah's show. I remember that was the first time in a long time where that was the first, I think, guest starring role I ever had on a television show. And when you come in as a guest star, and I think about this all the time when I watch other shows, I watch a lot of, for some reason, I keep watching Two and a Half Men because there's so <laughs> many hot girls on it. So I just, it's on at 1130 at night, right? So I'm watching. There's so many hot girls on it that I can't stop watching. I mean, she, he, Charlie Sheen goes out with all these pretty girls. Right. So I love watching. And then I looked them up and then I'm like, oh my God, that show was 20 years ago. And they're like, they're like oh. <laughs> That's not what I was hoping. But some of these girls are ridiculous. Even the ones uh, John Cryer goes out with are gorgeous, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, but then I think about how difficult it actually is and something you don't think about to be the guest star on a show where everybody else has been there for two, three years or even more in that case. Right. Uh, I remember coming in and I knew everybody on that set. You know, I know her sister, obviously. I knew the, the guy, Jay, the, like this one particular scene I was in. Um, I knew Steve, A.G. And, and Brian. I mean, I know everybody. But yet, Estelle felt like an outsider. Right. That they all had these like inside jokes when I'm there. And I know these guys for years. And yet, still felt like an outsider. And I can't even imagine what it's like. Well, then I was on Men of a Certain Age. Again, being an outsider. But I was in a scene with a lot of people who were also outsiders. So it was a lot easier. But when you're in with the main cast, it's, all, it's a little intimidating because you know the reason I didn't go into theater in the first place is because it's so clicky. Right. You know, that's why I didn't become a, a theater actor. Like you know, that's what I wanted to major in. But after seeing what it was like in high school, I found out in college because I was in plays in college. But you know, they it took a lot to get in that crowd because they're they're a sucky crowd and a bunch of douchebags. Yeah, I There's remember lots of nice people. <clears throat> at, I remember high school for, even. Oh, in high they're, school, right. they're already like that. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't end. Right. And it's that way now. I mean, right. I was just talking to this girl at Tommy Bahamas who's an actress and really pretty. I was trying to use her as um, as Connie in this last one. Uh, I think she's half black and half white. She's gorgeous. She's been auditioning for Hamilton nonstop. So I know she's like a Broadway, you know, a wannabe Broadway actress. Right. I think she'll make it because she's pretty and she dances. And, um, and uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, I think you're talking about how it's hard for the clicky. Oh, right, right, crowd. right. So I was saying, you know, they're doing The Bodyguard at the Paper Mill Playhouse, which is in Jersey, a musical version of The Bodyguard, <laughs> which I already got tickets for. That's hilarious. You know, I can't even wait. Um, at the Paper Mill Playhouse, which is a New Jersey repertoire theater. And she goes, I'll never get in there. They only use their own people. I'm like, you know what? I, I know about these New Jersey things. Like we used to have plays in the park. These New Jersey theater people yeah. are the like repertory houses are the most clicky of all the most evil right. and they do not let any outsiders in you know unless you're a huge celebrity and even then they probably treat you like a bag of shit right depending on who you are but uh, yeah they're dicks they use their own people they don't use outside i mean it never ends is what i'm saying right high school college right after it never ends and that's the funny thing is 
I keep telling him, you know, remember I told you I won that Avi Award, in New Jersey, <laughs> which is like an, a, a New Jersey theater Oscar. Right. The Avi Awards. Now they're called the Perry Awards. You can look it up. And I am a two-time winner. <laughs> Wait, what, why did they change it from the Avi to the Perry Awards? Do you really want to know? Because <laughs> this is a conversation I was going to have one day that's going to blow the lid off everything. <laughs> sure. The, now, I, you know what? We don't have time for I'm going to tell you on another day. All right. The Avi Awards was... This guy, Perry Morgan, came up with the Avi Awards because he was from Avenel, New Jersey. I see. Which is a suburb of Woodbridge, around where I grew up. And so I won the Avi Award. And so for, now this guy was the gayest of all gays. And he was our musical director. He didn't go to school. He was about 24, 25. Old man from and high he, school. Exactly. And he came into the high school. See, I don't know whether I should. I'm going to save this. <laughs> all right. Let's just say he's really gay. <laughs> I gotta save it for another time. I guess I understand. I didn't mean to take you down. No, that no, road. no. I can't wait to talk about it. It's <laughs> gonna be blowing the lid off what these people think is a great award. But basically, he's a rapist. <laughs> and all these people in New Jersey worship the, the Perry Awards. Now they got like a red carpet and everything. Right. And if they knew what I knew, <laughs> these things would be canceled. He raped you? Not me. Oh. Oh. Other boys who were sixteen. I see. I see. But that was in the 80s where you were allowed to do that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so anyway, they named the award after him. I see. Instead of calling the Abbey, now they call it the Perry Award because he invented it, right. which he did. Right, I get it. I, I was, when I got it, he, I, there was no award ceremony. I got it in 1981. He just handed it to me. <laughs> and my friend Ed, who was gay, turned out to be gay. I didn't know. He goes, no, that's a very prestigious award. I'm like, grow up, you fucking homo. <laughs> you know, like I called right. him a fucking homo that I didn't know he was a homo. <laughs> 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 yeah, you fucking homo. I just got it from a homo. How can it be not a... But it's so funny because then when my sister started auditioning for these plays in the park things, you know, when she's like, my brother won an Avi Award. They're like, no. <laughs> no, I didn't even know. I, had, I took a picture of it. I have it in my mother's... You still uh, have the Avi Oh, I got it. <laughs> I'm the first winner. And they have it on the Wikipedia page. You were the but I'm, first? I think I was the first Best Actor winner. But they don't have my name on the list. So I, I'm waiting. I need to become famous so I can say... Wait, for on Wikipedia... Yeah. You realize anybody can edit Wikipedia, right? You do know that that's part of Wikipedia. You can go in there and add your name. That's yeah, but I think the problem is it, it goes only as far like 1986. So if I edit it, I'd have to put in some phony names until 1981. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe I should do that. Yeah. Or maybe I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> but maybe I do. I'm just letting you know. Maybe that'll get me an audition for The Bodyguard to play uh, The Bodyguard. That's true. Um, I've always wanted to play that. Uh, you listen, I'm uh, like, Reagan got shot, and I'd say, not on my watch. <laughs> huh? What do you think? That's, that's Is that good brilliant. stuff? Yeah. Or it's good stuff, right? Yeah, now? you're bringing back a movie I haven't thought about in, what, 25 years or whatever? What are you, an idiot? That's what I do. That's my thing. <laughs> no, I know. I bring up movies that I no know. one has heard of in 25 years, <laughs> and then know. I redo them. It's beautiful. In front of an audience. It's good. <laughs> it's good. You just said exactly what I do. <laughs> it's true. That's what I do. I'm Dave Joskow, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> So I saw somebody on Twitter uh, talking about somebody was mentioning on Artie's show doing a remake of Notting Hill. I think it was me. <laughs> if it wasn't me, somebody's stealing my bit. Wait, there's nobody else that's ever been on Artie's show that wants to talk about Notting Hill. I, I know. That's what I'm, that. that's so. why I'm like, they must be talking about me. Right. I saw the Twitter. I was My name was in the Twitter, but I don't remember them saying that I was going to do it. Everybody knows I want to do that. Right. Everybody knows I worship that film. Right. And when I was at the roller derby on Saturday... Which went very well, by the way. They almost oh, won. Good. Yeah, they seemed good. They did really good, and it was fun. The new place is good. It needs, you know, we get some more mics. Uh, we only had one wireless, and then it cut out at the end. But 
Um, the, uh, oh, shit, why do I keep losing my place? I guess I'm thinking of so much other stuff. You're very nervous tonight. Uh, well, I'm just excited to be back. Uh, but what were we talking about? Jersey? Uh, roller roller derby. derby. Why? Why did I mention Notting that? Hill. Notting Hill. Is that going to happen? Yes. Yeah. Then we went out to drink. At this place, Metuchen, like where I grew up. Uh-huh. And then instead of going to the White Rose system, which I usually get to go to those hamburgers, I just went to White Castle ah. and then watched Notting Hill in the car because it calms me down <laughs> in the ca- eating in, in the car. Not right. while I'm driving. No, I no, I get that. it. I get and then it. I, and then I got to go home. But what a great trip it is back to the city from now this new location. It's not an Aberdeen. Remember, that was an right. extra half hour yeah, up the yeah, parkway. Yeah, yeah. So now it's just from where I grew up. So I feel very comfortable with that. Oh, my. I was home in a half hour. I mean, really. I was going through Staten Island instead, right. and because I can get here to where I live faster, right up the FDA Drive. I mean, it was perfect. I get it. It's the yeah. When there's no traffic, I live so close. Or I grew up. So yeah. I grew up exactly. I used to clock it all the time. Thirty miles exactly from the city. Right. But it takes four hours to get there on a Friday <laughs> at five o'clock. Yeah. No, for sure. Oh, it's so annoying. Oh, and I just found out that they're getting rid of the city bike rack in front of my parking garage. Why is that? Just for, they're paving. Oh. It's just like I was telling my mother, like, you know, this Labor Day was bad for me. I stayed in. I didn't do anything. I just wanted to go visit my sister just to do something to get out. But uh, the what goes inside my head to try and do that, you know, to take <laughs> to get ready to call for the car, to remember to call for the car, right. then to get everything together, then to go on a city bike to get to the car, then to pull the car out of the garage and go through <laughs> horses and bicycles and pedestrians and street vendors and trying to get out of the city. Right. All that in my head. You're talking about I don't get out into New Jersey. And what am I, two miles away from New Jersey? Yeah. Probably two miles, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Actually. It takes an hour and a half on a no-traffic day for me to do that from here to there. Wait, to get to your, your, Maybe an hour. your house, your parents? No, to get outside Just the to get Tunnel. To, no, that, it, yes. no, that takes me like half an hour. Uh, from what I'm saying, from, from this... Well, oh, I, am, I see. From to call here. for the car, right. to take the city bike to the car. Right, I it's see. It's just such a production. Like if a car was parked right outside, I think I would just get up and go. Well, you used to sometimes do that. I just want to look. I right. Well, yes, but that <laughs> turned out to be trouble. But um, sometimes I just want to live in New Jersey again and like have my car outside and be able to just take off. That must be such a great feeling to be able to just take off. You you say that a lot, but I don't. Are you ever going to move to New Jersey? I don't, you know, I think you're a creature. I think of the if city. I get married. If you get married. Ashley and I were talking about having a baby. Oh, that's nice. What do you think of that? I think that's a great idea. How funny would it be if I have a Puerto Rican, half Puerto Rican baby? <laughs> is that going to be the greatest thing for half you? Half Jewish, or? half Puerto yeah. Rican. Well, for me, I'm Mexican. I know you're Mexican, but I'm saying <laughs> it's still in the Latino community. Yeah. They'll welcome you with open arms. And I have to introduce my baby. I'm like, well, he's, he's, <laughs> he's all right. He's just half Puerto Rican. You know, Puerto Rico's in big trouble right now, financially. I didn't know that. Oh, I thought yeah. Dominican Republic was. No, no. Puerto Rico's like bankrupt. Why? What happened? They, had, they, they defaulted in, all, in their payments. You know why? Because they all come here for work. <laughs> no, it's more complicated than that. But anyway, yeah, you should um, have a Puerto Rican baby and move to well, Puerto Rico. Well, I was talking to her. You know, we went out Wednesday. We saw this band, um, from the guys who wait tables next door, Enrique. Okay. You know, the Mexican kid from next door. Uh, very handsome gentleman, him and his very hot girlfriend. Uh, they play in a rock band. Oh. The first time I saw them two years ago, I'm like, you guys shouldn't play rock and roll. You're horrible. Um, but they worked it out, and they were much better. Oh. And they were good, and Ashley came with me. Wait, how old is Ashley? 25. So you, she wants you to have, she wants your we're penis talking about, we're talking about your it. vagina. 
I said we'd have to do it the old-fashioned way. <laughs> no other way of doing it. Or did she want a sperm donor? Is that what? No, no, no. I said no sperm donor nonsense. Right. Right. Doing it the, if we're doing it, we're doing it the old-fashioned way. All right. She's like, let me check with my boyfriend. Uh, no. Um, well, so we were talking about because she's 25 and doesn't have a baby. And she's, she's Puerto Rican. Old, right. Remember we were talking to the lady at the dog place? Right. And I was like, you know, it's just like, I have a 21-year-old. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, because I thought she was much younger. Right. But I'm like, and then I told her, my, oh, my friend Ashley's 25, doesn't have a baby yet. <laughs> that's, for Puerto Ricans, that's yeah, weird, right? Yeah, no, it's true. It's, it's true. Yeah, their, their grandmothers are usually 40. Yep. Or 50 tops. It's true. There's why a, do you suppose that is? Why do I suppose? Well, it's just uh, culture. I mean, it's just the way, you know, it's like Mexicans too. Like most of them just, they have kids because yeah. you, well, part of it is you're Catholic, so you don't wear condoms, right? And you don't have abortions. The Puerto Ricans believe that too? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh, well, that makes so much sense. Right. Except, oh, yeah. If you don't believe in abortion. Except they're also Latin yeah, Americans, so they love to have sex right. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the odds are. Yeah, I don't think I can keep up with her. I think she's like a firecracker. You know? I'm sure she is. I think it'd be good for you. It'd be like tough guys. You'd be like Brett Lancaster. <laughs> oh, right. No, no, no. <laughs> or Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Right, right. Where he's dating a trainer. Right? <laughs> exactly. And I, and I remember he was complaining to Burt Lancaster, and he's like, she wants to have sex all the time. <laughs> exactly. He was like 80. Exactly. She was 20. Yeah. That's my dream film. Well, that's what film. I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you should go that route. Meanwhile, as I told you, or maybe I didn't tell you, um, I don't want to mention the name because I love this girl. She's wonderful, and she's helping with this uh, the football show. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, September 27th, you all know, the big football show at the Village Underground. Uh, me, Artie. Artie's definitely in. Lenny Marcus. Uh, just asked Jeff if he'd be the special guest. Um and we're trying to make it a live YouTube event. So I'm working with this company that does that. Right. How's that going? It, it's going to, I'll, I should find out this week. I All should right. find out this week. But we still, everything we've been talking about, the Sesame right. Street and the puppets, we still have to do that. Right. I'm still doing a live show and I keep forgetting. Right. Like just because YouTube says, no, I still have to do the show. Right. So, um, so anyway, this company is putting in, and me and this girl, we completely hit it off. I mean, we just really did. She gets all the references, Notting Hill, Godfather, Clueless, you know, all that stuff. Right. So we went scouting the location so she could see where to put the cameras up and everything at the Village Underground. Then that, And after that, we went for a drink. And um, then I found out she was only 29. I thought she was like 35, 36. She seems much older. Right. Um, and she was getting a little tipsy. And she was telling me that she had broken up with her fiance. She has a new boyfriend now, but she had a fiance. And I was like, oh, why did you guys break up? And she was like, oh, do you want to know why? Because he fucked a 50-year-old. Can you fucking imagine <laughs> a goddamn 50-year-old? And I'm like, yeah, that's, well, that's <laughs> fucked up. That is grounds. That is grounds for the, how old was he? 50. Fucking 50. And she was like screaming. I'm like, she must know I'm 50. <laughs> well, this is when you say you got to get back at him. You got to fuck a 50-year-old. You oh, see? I didn't even think about see? that. Well, she, yeah. It was no, a perfect no, opportunity. And no. it's too obvious that I would be. Fair. I, you know what? I didn't. I, I, it's a business relationship. And I actually didn't want to fuck it up this time. That's good. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let her rant. Right. I don't want to make her feel bad. But that's the thing. I don't. Maybe she doesn't. She has to think I'm 50. I don't know. Well, she listens to the podcast. She'll know. Nobody listens to the podcast. <laughs> well, that's again. I found out more people listen because after I told you that after The Godfather, when I was you know, really giving it to everybody. <laughs> Artie was playing clips of it on his show <laughs> right, just right. to make fun of me. They're like, and this is what you said about Russ. Hey, listen, <laughs> Russ isn't an actor. He's adorable, though. <laughs> oh, and Russ was right there, right across from me. 
That's when he called me Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Podcast because I'm always like, great job, great job. And then I go on the podcast, this motherfucker <laughs> thinks. But you know that's my favorite thing to do. Well, sure. Meanwhile, you know I love that cast. I, would, I wouldn't change that cast for the I keep changing the girls on it. Right. But the boys, I, Adam and I'm not letting, you know, so, so he doesn't talk into the mic. He's still great. <laughs> And I love Russ right. as a person, it, it, and he's good in the show. Sure, it's I don't know. I love complaining, and I love just um, you know. Listen, I, I talk about this all the time. I I write the show, right. so anybody that doesn't do it exactly the way I envision it in my head, I'm right. going to call out. And but they have to know I'm insane. <laughs> I think nobody they all know can that. possibly do it the way. Plus. Don't you want an actor to kind of interpret their way, and that's why you hire them? Not you, but not yeah, me. Most no, people. but I'm saying right. Most people, right, but I'm insane, and I just you know <laughs> right. any little nuance that they don't get, right? I'm gonna get angry. I'm like, what I did to this poor kid, Mateo. <laughs> I remember in the last one, I really let him have it. And so I is he no longer kid. part of? No, he's always oh, gonna be a part okay. of it. He's wonderful. Um, actually, he did stand up on Seth Meyers about uh, a week ago. Oh wow! Uh, I was surprised. He's much. More successful than I think we all think. <laughs> uh, but surprisingly, very it surprising, good. it was all about being gay. And I was surprised because I know he's gay. Yeah, I was going to say. But he doesn't come off as that. You think he does. Yeah, I mean, he seemed pretty. He does. Yeah, he's That's seemed... weird. I, I don't. It's weird. I mean, obviously, I, don't, I just don't. He's not. I mean, when I make him be gay in the show, it's different. But I don't think he comes off as "Hey." Well, he's not like this. You probably offend him every time you ask him to do a stereotypical. Well, I thought about it, but it, whatever. But um, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, it was really it was an interesting set. I was surprised he did it that way, and um, I had heard from his friend Lisa Traeger, who was in the first episode of The Godfather, man playing all the girl parts, right? That he was supposed to be on the Tonight Show, and they kept asking him to cut, cut, and he goes, "Screw that." And then he gets Seth, let him do the whole thing. Wow. Which is manly. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you got a good cast there. Yeah. No, I love the cast. I do love working with them. And but, Mike Bichetti, who can, you know, he's the best. I mean, that kid is a retard. But <laughs> You mean that literally? But he, that's... Yeah, literally and figuratively. And he just knows how to work the retard. When, if you give him the right material. Right. So in this next one, I'm having him play Callow. Do you know who that is? I don't remember Callow. So get this. Uh, when they go to Italy, you know who Fabrizio is because mm-hmm. he turns on Michael later. Mm-hmm. But the other guy he's walking with is Callow. Okay. Now, I swear to God, in the script, you don't know it, and we're going to talk about it in the thing, but Callow repeats everything Fabrizio says. <laughs> so as I'm writing it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Of course, it's got to be played by Mike. <laughs> How can it not be? Right. He just says it all in Italian, but... In our purposes, he's going to say it all in English. He goes, right. that's a beautiful girl. It's a beautiful girl. <laughs> it's like, um, listen, over here, girls are worse than guns. They're like, yeah, over here, girls are worse than guns. <laughs> he says, he repeats everything that guy says in Italian. It's in right. the script. Right. It's in the actual script, but we don't <laughs> notice it because it's all in Italian. Right, right. <laughs> um, it's so it's like a, it's made for Mike Machetti. Callum was obviously a retard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, killed on Vendatas. <laughs> so... He's definitely playing that and um, and Fredo. Right. I, I'm going to learn the casino business. He says that like a hundred <laughs> times. You know? So what are you doing? I'm going to go learn the casino business. <laughs> I, I mean, that guy's brilliant. And if you know how to use him the correct way, then you win. Just like Artie did. Artie was the one who figured it out the best. Right. Had him as his sidekick. Um, just put him in another location that anytime he got into trouble, he goes, Mike, your thoughts. <laughs> well, I think that 
Hillary should be the president. He goes, Hillary's not running. This is, you know, from four years ago. He's saying, Hillary isn't running. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was ahead of his time. I know that the uh, when we would do the sports stuff, I would always say, Mike, I'm going to let you bet if you can tell me, you know, where the uh, Trailblazers play. You know, like something like <laughs> that was so much fun. <laughs> right. You would never have any idea, which is okay. I mean, that's funny anyway, but. Um, we would just give him so much shit anyway. So, yes, uh, the football show. Hopefully, we'll get that YouTube deal going, and that'll be really great. Otherwise, it's going to be great anyway. It's going to be lots of fun. So I was going to get, you know, I'm trying to get this. Um, my friend Sharon Houston is coming to town. She's Dawn Shula in the pool. Yes, right. She just got a writing gig on this new 50 Cent show. I saw Cent. I saw her trash talking already. Yeah, she's she already was, trash talking. Yeah. She's amazing. I was going to read her <clears throat> trash talks on the board one, you know, here on the podcast. <laughs> Um, so I can't wait that she's coming back to town. She's a firecracker. She's really pretty and really cool. And I want her to be the girl going around to the audience, giving the guy shit. She knows right. all her sports. She's not going to be here on the 27th. I want her for the first show. I might beg her to come a little earlier because... You're going to pay for her ticket. No, she'll be here. She's going to Pennsylvania because one of her friends has cancer or something. But she hasn't been back to town in like 20 years. Wow. We used to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Do you think that can, you know, start up again? I don't know. She's only 4'11". Can she still... Oh. <laughs> well, that's cute. Um, I need somebody taller. Can she have babies so that you guys can have babies? I don't know. Because uh, they would to be nice. Or maybe you could adopt a kid. What? Yeah. No, I only adopt cats. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might... I would, I, I'd like to have one vag baby, and I wouldn't mind adopting a kid, I think. Yeah. I just, you know, I just need to... I, I mean, listen, I've always been like this, and it's been true. I... And I think it's important to be a little financially stable well, before you, you know, start doing that. Yeah, but That's at all. some point you gotta. I know, right? So at this point, maybe I can, I could probably handle one kid, but financially stable is Plus what you, you want to do. You know when you what? Adopt. The thing, the truth is, you are like you make enough money that you could have a kid. Jesus, there's like people that make like a third of what you make, and they have like ten kids. Not so with like my gambling problem. Well, right, but then you would see, then you would have to mature, and you would stop huh? gambling, and you stop eating shitty food, and all that money would go into your child. Uh, Obviously, you're talking in Spanish now. I can't, no, I uh, think it'd be the best thing for you. Now say that again in Spanish, because that's the way I heard it in my head. Just say it again in Spanish. Be funny. I totally forgot what I just said. Let the uh, audience think that. Una that's mujer. A, that's uh, that's it? No, I don't remember. You're like the worst Spanish person ever. We talked no, about this like, when we were doing turbocharged. Like, I didn't even know. I was polite, <laughs> and I know Memo's Mexican, but I thought for some reason he didn't speak any Spanish. And he during we were making that turbocharged movie, he would not speak Spanish. And finally, it got to one point. I'm like, do you know any Spanish? And then he talks fluent Spanish, but for yeah, some reason, but he doesn't use it it's like It's like Dance Monkey. Like, it's hard to What's that bring dance it up. Monkey? I'm like, can you help me out and talk to this guy? No, I spoke to that guy. And I know, we finally. Figured out, but uh, just asking you to speak. I didn't, but I, you had me fooled. I really <laughs> thought, but I wasn't doing dance monkey. I never asked you to speak Spanish. I never even asked if you did. <laughs> right. I was actually being polite. Yeah, that's true. And it's just so funny. Yeah, you, actually, now so knowing you, it's funny Spanish. knowing you now. It's amazing how polite you were on that first. On the, yeah, I thought yeah. it would be rude to just <laughs> assume you spoke Spanish. <laughs> right, but there was no indication that you did. I the same thing with Caitlin. Caitlin um, apparently speaks fluent Spanish, and she. Was holding. She doesn't even look Spanish. I know she's half Spanish, half Chinese. Right. I wouldn't. And even... I keep using Spanish incorrectly. Correct. <clears throat> right. It's Mexican. To, well, or I'm, Hispanic. Latino, or whatever. Right. Or oh, is it Hispanic. Whatever. Any one of those. Um. By the way, um, turbocharge. The woman who Mary Beth, Mary Beth, who there's a woman who in Long Island plays Rico Kasich. 
Oh, in a, in a right. Cars band. Right. And she also does Chrissy Hine, the pretender. She looks just like, you know, it's like. Right. Um, she Facebooked me the other day. Oh. And was like, yeah, we were. I, I, oh, she gave a copy of the movie to David Robinson. What, just now? Yeah, like about a year ago, maybe. Oh, okay. I don't even know how she got a copy. I guess we gave her one. Did we? I don't know. I don't remember doing <laughs> it. Anyway, she said she gave a copy to him and some of Ben Orr's relatives. And I'm like, <laughs> and she goes, I haven't heard back from them. I'm like, yeah, I, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. I mean, that's when we made the movie about the cars. Ben Orr's, what, brother came or something? What? What is it? No, it was, um, what's his name's brother? Um, oh, Elliot Easton. Elliot Easton's brother. Right, Elliot Easton's brother came to the screening and he stomped out. It was so angry <laughs> and you could not blame him. I mean, we made Elliot Easton look like a dope. I mean, it's just true. a dope. It ends with him becoming a horrible stand-up comic. It was completely <laughs> insulting and he's alive. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like, I mean, what we did to Ben Orr should be actually, you know, everybody should be really furious at us. But Kevin was so funny that it doesn't matter. It's true. Now he's a surf instructor. He what? He's a surf instructor at Rockaway. He Beach. is? Yeah. I Okay. That's yeah, interesting. That yeah. But I'm trying to get that turbocharge back on track. And uh, we'll figure it out. You know, Lee is going to Japan. He's trying to get some investors. <laughs> so we can make a new movie. Right. <laughs> about the pretend. Turbocharge 2? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something. Um, trying to get some Japanese investors, like in the movie. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, yeah, let me know how that goes. I will. Uh, all right. Let's... Um, we have so much to get to, but I'm having such a good time talking. God, I, it's funny. I missed a week, and I just was so excited to come back. I'm so glad you're here. So this is like going to be twice as long to make up for last week? Is that... No, no. I, no. Just, I just go until we can't go anymore or until you have to go to the bathroom. Right. Are you hot? Are you perspiring? I'm good. Okay. I'm perfect. Yeah, me too. I feel good. My stomach feels good. Um, let's just quickly make some football picks because it's week oh, one. I, it's funny. I'm not interested in doing football stuff anymore, but I have to because now I'm doing a football show. I still love football, but I'm just not interested in talking about picks on the show anymore that much. Yeah, I wonder. Well, that yeah, I don't actually. I mean, I'm still gambling, so I don't know why I wouldn't want to. I don't know. It feels like that's like a boring part of the show now for some reason. But I want to do it anyway. You've um, you're you've widened your scope. You know. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's because as we have spoken about the podcast started as a sports show right so we had to which i wanted to do right and then uh you know it's definitely morphed into something else and, right you know we just now we just we have a conversation but now you have picks now you feel like you gotta I want to make some picks. picks i want to make some picks thursday night's game when this comes out tonight there's a game carolina denver super bowl rematch right i'm having a lot of trouble with which, which one did you pick? panthers you know panthers yeah, all the way because you know denver doesn't have a quarterback a yeah exhibit a or you say that because i just think revenge i mean look i am not the biggest Football export expert, you know, but um, yeah, it just seems kind of obvious. It, that's the that's where we always mess right, up, right? You know, that's I true. Thought, I thought they were going to kill him in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's true. I still am angry about the Super Bowl. I lost a lot of money. Right. I put everything on Carolina. Right. I really thought, but you know, think about them. They're really angry too, and that hatred, that anger. It's like the emperor. Well, you know? the other thing is, I've never bet against the Super Bowl champions. <clears throat> oh. The first game of the year they've always covered the spread so i'm a little worried but they don't always They're do under- this right no no this is rare this is, did they do this on purpose or did it just oh, happen the super bowl to- rematch yeah like oh, no the it's first, on purpose but the first they've that's done not, this before they've done it before but not yeah. every week not every year no not every year so what is that just they just did it like that wasn't a random selection type of thing like that was no, they decided let's have a super bowl rematch the right. first day sometimes they want to kick it off big you know? interesting 
you know, the rematch could have been the uh, one of the AFC championships. It could have been Denver, New England, or right. something like that. They've done that before. In fact, they did that the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl about two, three years ago. Right. Their first game was in Denver. It should always be at the home of the Super Bowl champions. It right. Seems that's your gift. Right. You play your first kickoff game at home. But the Orioles wouldn't change with them, and they were playing a game. The Orioles were such dicks. They were playing the Orioles? They share a parking lot. And the stupid baseball game wouldn't switch their stupid fucking game. Oh, I see. And and let the Super Bowl champion Ravens play their first game in Denver. <laughs> so they had to go... Rather, they had to go to Denver and play an away game, the Super Bowl <laughs> champions. And I don't know what happened in that game. I don't remember who. I got to look that up because that's an interesting one, too. I assume they must have been favored. Right. But they were on somebody else's home turf. So this is odd that the Super Bowl champs are not favored. Right. Uh, so I'm not sure. I, I'm definitely going Carolina, too, but I'm not making it my best bet. The one I'm making my best bet, and mostly because Don Shula has been just in my ear, is Seattle playing... Miami in Seattle. It's ten and a half points. Dawn Shula says Miami sucks, and that's her favorite team. Wow! And she's just saying they're horrible. Their general manager, their owner, she hates them so much right now. Right. And they have no quarterback. She doesn't trust that Tannehill guy. So I do think Seattle's going to rip them a new asshole. So that's my best bet. All right. Seattle minus ten and a half. What do you think? Um, I don't know enough. I, if I look at the list, I'll be able to tell you what I chose as my oh. key pick. Yeah, tell me. Um, and it was just purely because of like the points. Mm-hmm. Uh, God damn! You probably chose Miami because you saw the points. No, no, no. <laughs> but it was. I gotta find. Oh, I think it was the Colts. No, you know what? I'm not gonna be able to do this because this doesn't. It's not the same as in your picks page. Yes, it is. No, because it shows the records from last year. Oh, I. And got there was you. one where it was like somebody was like you know. Oh, I think it was against the Texans. Who's playing the Texans? Chicago Bears. Oh, then uh, I don't remember. You know, I was going to pick Chicago, but I like the Texans, actually. They have that quarterback they got from Denver. Yeah, yeah. And that could be a loaded team. Maybe it's not the Texans. I don't know. There's one where it's like just But the, it's weird. You know, in the first game, sometimes it's best to pick all the underdog. You know, there's you never so much know. money to be made the first week. I made some money this week in college. Because all the guys, know, I mean, there were so many upsets because nobody knows exactly like right. you're saying. LS, Wisconsin beat LSU. That was like ridiculous. And um, the Tex, Texas beat Notre Dame, I believe. Um, that wasn't unexpected, but they, you know, they don't get the spreads right until about the third week. Right. So there's always good money to be made, I think, you know, especially in the overs and unders. That's what I'm going to bet this week. Got overs it. and unders. Because that way, I don't care who the fuck wins you know it's like right. that seems like a better deal to me plus when you bet the overs, i never bet unders but if you bet the overs you could win at the half right you know you could be like i'm done so what on. um here's so, the pick here's the over the pick that you need to pick new orleans oakland 51 points i'm going over you did an over 51 I, points i feel it'll be a scoring frenzy all right you heard it here first you heard folks. it here first yeah. and what i can't figure out is says <clears throat> dallas is a pick em against the giants Dallas lost their quarterback, Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. So why aren't the Giants completely favored? That's what I can't figure out. Even if they're playing in Dallas. Right. Why aren't they favored? What am I missing? I can't even help you there. The Giants stink that much that they're not going to win with a, a backup quarterback? Right. Very odd. Also, Arizona-New England is an interesting one, too. Arizona minus six over New England without Tom Brady. Right. But I took New England in that one to cover the points because New England... 
They're too good. They don't even need Tom Brady. Right. You know, I mean, they, they need him at the end. Right. You know, of, of the season. Uh, but I don't even know whether you need him. They're just, they have, all you need is a guy that doesn't make mistakes. It's the way the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. I think they won it with Trent Dilfer. That guy's an idiot, but he never make mistakes. Right. And you just need a guy that doesn't make mistakes. You don't, you don't even probably need him to be accurate. You, know, you just need him to be pass once in a while and pretty much hand off the ball and sure. and just listen to what the coach says. You so know? how much money are you? do you have uh, in reserved? In reserve for well, right now weekend. I'm up about 300 bucks, so... Got it. I can, maybe we can see what happens. You know? Got it. I see. All right. Let's, um, I know we're already an hour in, but we got to talk about Gene Wilder. Yeah. I had so much to talk about. You know, I, I want to get to the new season of television, but I guess we won't do that tonight. I'll keep waiting. It doesn't matter. Um, I just keep putting it together. You know, you know, that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I, tonight we were going to talk about Sunday, but I can do it next week, even though next, well, next week will be probably be a perfect week because next week... Uh, we'll be I'm doing the podcast the day before I go to London. Oh. Uh, Is Dory going to be your guest? No, no. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about doing one in London. Maybe I could take this. Yeah. If I take this little recorder. Yeah. Th- are these built-in microphones? Yeah. They are? Yeah. So I can just press record and it just records? Not as clear as this. I mean, you got to switch the input to the internal mic, but yeah. This is an eternal microphone that yeah. we can set it on a table. Yeah, you just got to bend, where we bend, are. Them, bend them the other way so they're pointing outward. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I should do one there. Yeah, as long as you get people with British accents, it'll be great. Oh, we don't need people with British accents. <laughs> I think that's... And you should talk about Mary Poppins well, the whole time. Mama, it'll be I'm great stop you right there. I've already told my sister to explain to my niece that... I, I, was just, I just want you to take her aside and sit her down and understand that Uncle David, mostly at when we go to afternoon tea... But it could happen at any time. <laughs> is going to nonstop say, and a proper tea it is too. <laughs> exactly. Nonstop. And be prepared for that. I had to have her sit her down and explain sure. it. And then I talked to Dory and I said, listen, if you've got a problem with that, we can just cancel the whole trip. Because I'm going to be doing it that and a proper tea it is too. That and when people say, oh, what do you do in America? I'm like, well, today I'm a chimney sweep. <laughs> but maybe tomorrow I'll pop into a chalk painting. Who knows? <laughs> Only Mary Poppins knows. <laughs> I think you should just let give her like a, a hand signal so she knows to walk across the street when you do that. Oh, that's smart. You're right. Sp- like a, right. I'll know. just do the, the tell in uh, <laughs> right. Casino Royale with right. the, uh, the uh, my eyebrow. Yeah. And be like, you, you can go now. And a proper tea it is too, sir. Why do you keep saying that? Be like, how do you like your lasagna? It'll be like that. You know, it's bad. <laughs> um, it'll be the Lee Maracas of uh, how you doing, man? Right. Right. <laughs> uh, well, that's pretty cool. So anyway, yeah, then the podcast uh, would either be that or when I come back. Uh, that next Wednesday, so I'm not missing any podcasts, right? Um, but let's talk about Gene Wilder because he now normally I wouldn't have even talked about Gene Wilder because it happened two weeks ago. You you can't not talk about can't not talk. We no. do too many tributes to people we don't even care about, right? To not do one about a true living legend. Did you do Glenn Fry? I forget. Yeah, we did Glenn Fry. Right, right. We did uh, Prince. Right, and Bowie. That was, but, the, and you were here for Bowie. Right. Uh, people really liked your commentary on Bowie. I, I enjoy that very much. Now, um, the scene I... Well, here's the thing. I, I mean, I was very fascinated by Gene Wilder after doing a little bit more research. I mean, we, we pretty much know everything. But, uh, you know, I forgot. That, first of all, he was introduced to Mel Brooks through Anne Bancroft. That I didn't know. I did not know they were doing a play together. Oh. And she goes, yeah, you got to meet this guy. 
I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> it's just like in a turbocharged movie when uh, you know that girl introduces Ben Orr and uh, Rick Ocasek <laughs> at the party. Right. Not really, but technically. Similar. It's similar. similar. But that kind of meeting is very interesting. Uh, I didn't realize they were already married in 63, but I guess that makes sense. He was already married when she did the, gra- the graduate. That was around the graduate time, right? So wait, why was she doing a play? Anyway, she goes, she was introduced, I'd like you to meet my boyfriend. Uh, there's, I guess they were just dating at the time. Okay. My boyfriend's Mel Brooks. Right. <laughs> but I guess people knew who he was in the 50s, right? From your show of shows, maybe. So maybe. Uh, yeah, Mel was famous. Well, not famous, but he was well known even before the. So Brooks tells Gene Wilder. When they meet in 63, he's working on a screenplay called Springtime for Hitler. Right. That was what the screenplay was called. And he said that, you know, you'd be perfect for the role of Leo Bloom. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff. Why can't this happen to me? Well, first of all, if that had happened to you, you would have not wanted to be in it. Oh, you're absolutely right. I would have so. like, that sounds stupid. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so. You're absolutely. You know what? You're so right. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been like, first of all, everything you're saying is stupid. The name of the character is stupid. The name of the title is stupid. You're stupid. Mel <laughs> right. Brooks is a stupid, stupid name. You're absolutely right. I would yeah. have sabotaged it. But think about it, because that wasn't for like another four or five years. Right. That he kept them in mind and said, yeah, let's do it, uh, which is interesting. Wait, now, let me understand this. You have or haven't actually seen the producers? No, I have. I, I don't like but it. But you don't like the producers? Uh, I saw it <clears throat> when I was very young, and it was the most boring thing I'd ever seen in my life. So you said when you're like 12 or something? Yes. And that's it? You've I never it. tried to see it again? I have tried to see it again. I still can't sit through it. Is it because they make Hitler funny? Oh, God, that's the best part. No, <laughs> those a- parts I love. <laughs> right. There's certain parts I really like. Right. I don't care for Zero Mustel. I never did. Uh, I like Gene Wilder. Um, but the parts where they're doing the show right. is brilliant. Right. I mean, I lo- a Dick Sean makes me laugh. <laughs> all the time when he's auditioning and I, I mean just playing the hippie I <laughs> yeah. mean yeah no there, so there are parts that I do love but I don't like the movie as a whole I see I like selected scenes now now so it was not a um, the, the producers was not a commercial success no um, which is interesting because it, you it's know a it's a movie it's a movie about a show that's not a commercial success. Yeah, but it's interesting because you thought maybe it was, right. and that changed Mel Brooks' career, but it did because he ended up winning Best Original Screenplay in the Academy Award. Right. And and Gene Wilder was nominated for Best Actor. Oh, I didn't uh, know uh, that. Best uh, Supporting Actor. Right. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So actually I have the, it's kind of interesting, I have the 68 Oscars here list. Uh, so that, the, that year, because it's my favorite year in, as, as a joke, because that year, I used to have a bit that I know you, Louis C.K. used to love, uh, where I would do my show tune medley of movies from the 60s. Okay. And I would, what I would do is show pictures at Caroline's. I would have video of Vietnam and all the killings and the raids and the bombings. And then I would say, but winning the best picture that year was this. <laughs> Consider yourself um, <laughs> consider yourself part of the furniture. So I do a show tune medley of stuff that had nothing to do with what's going on in our society today. Right. Are you going to do that in England too? That bit, that song. Yeah. All right. Duh. Just want to make sure. Duh. Don't forget. Duh. <laughs> well, consider yourself. Um, <laughs> uh, Miss, can I ask you a question? Am I doing this right? Consider yourself part of the furniture. Right. Oh, uh, that's pretty good. Do you right. think so? Wait, should I continue? 
we take it to you. So strong. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that wins Best Picture in 68, which is a joke. Okay. Since the world is at war. Right. Oliver. Which is pretty good, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, you're a big fan. Director. guy, the, 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 Carol Reed directed Oliver. I don't know who that is. He, I, I don't remember. He beat out Stanley Kubrick for 2001. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, what the fuck is happening, right? <laughs> you know I love making fun of the, uh, right. those old Oscar picks. You know, this makes me... Uh, I would have been livid if I lived back then. <laughs> uh, so, best actor... Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, be- okay, uh, best actress, Catherine Hepburn. Once again, fucking jerk off. Uh, but here it is. Best supporting actor. This is interesting. So Gene Wilder's nominated for the producers. Jack Wilde, who I thought won. You know, that's the kid from H.R. Puffin stuff. He was my favorite. <laughs> he was nominated for Oliver oh, as a kid. Okay. And that's why he got H.R. Puffin stuff. Like, we got to do something with this kid. Right. I'm a mechanical boy, just like a mechanical toy. I Puff, let's see. He had that great Cockney accent, which I was obsessed with. Sounds like Michael Caine. Yep. Well, they're both Cockney. <laughs> right. Uh, and then two other jerk-offs I don't know. But you, you know who won? And this is completely interesting. Who beat Gene Wilder? Oh, I thought you said he won. No, he, oh, he, he was, was just nominated. nominated. Oh. Do you know who beat him? And it's very interesting. No. I. Jack Albertson. For? The subject was roses. Okay. It doesn't matter. The yeah. point is, do you understand the connection? No. They end up working together in Charlie Wood and Walk on the Chocolate Factory. Oh, right. Oh, right. Okay. So you might be like, hey, you know what you should get for this? Jack Albertson. Absolutely not. <laughs> he must have loved yelling at him. You lose, sir. <laughs> I didn't lose. And then they, in the outtakes, he's like, I didn't lose. You're the one who lost in the Oscars. <laughs> and they're like, ha, ha, ha. Not that funny. Guess who won Best Supporting Actress that year? <laughs> See if you can guess from my imitation. I don't know. Oh, Ruth Gordon. Right. Live a little. It's Rosemary. So, so that wait, that was that year, baby. Yeah, and it didn't win Best Picture or Best Director or anything. What? That movie, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. No, no. Interesting. uh, It wasn't even nominated. I think it's one of those things that was too scary to nominate. Maybe. Yeah, wasn't even nominated. Wow. Uh, He wasn't even nominated for Best Director, which is a joke because you know how much I enjoy that movie. Such a good movie. Uh, No, Oliver definitely deserves it. Right there, it is. So Mel Brooks beat out. 2001 A Space Odyssey, well, right. there's no dialogue, so I'll let that go. Um, there was nothing else that year. I've never heard of any of these movies. Faces, Hot Millions, The Battle of Algiers, this all sucks, so of course No, Faces won. is uh, um, John, Cassavetes. John Cassavetes. Yeah, that's I don't know what movie. that is, but I've heard of the producers. Right. So he wins. So he wins Best Original Screenplay, even though the movie is not popular. I mean, that's interesting, and that, you know... I don't think the career. movie wasn't popular. It just wasn't like a Polanski huge... was nominated for Best Adopted Screenplay. Oh, there you go. Right, it wasn't huge. Right, right. <laughs> it, wasn't it, huge. Wasn't, it, didn't, it wasn't a box office success. Right, right. So, so he's... So, you know, Gene Wilder, it, 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 he's in a good place because he got nominated, which is a good thing. Always right. a good thing. Right. So then, you know, he, he gets a lot of different roles, but he ends up going to Paris and uh, does a play and then a movie... He, like, he did this movie. I have this trailer for it. Well, this is later. All right, so wait. He did a bunch of movies I never even heard of. But he does this thing, and then, um, like, a, a bad movie. And then, finally, in 71, he auditioned He auditioned to play Willy Wonka. And uh, Mel Stewart says that, after reciting some lines, he immediately offered him the role. Now, this is who was 
also owe for the role. The fact that he was able to steal it away from Fred Astaire, <laughs> who would probably be perfect in that role as an older guy. You know, he's older than. Right. But he would have been delightful. But he wouldn't. And it, and it could have been more successful. But you wouldn't have gotten yeah. the uh, darkness. Right. You know, which I guess the director kind of got right. from the book of what it's supposed to be. Right. Which is why he was Joel Gray. Fuck that guy. Ron Moody would have actually been very good. He's just come off Oliver and I think he won <laughs> mm-hmm. or he was nominated. Um, but yeah, uh, Peter Sellers begged for the role. He would have been great. He would have been great. He would have been perfect. And then nobody would have known of Gene Wilder in that. <laughs> right. So he, but he, so he, he does that. I think I have. Uh, is this it? We're experiencing technical difficulties. I am extraordinarily oh, no, this busy, is... sir. I just wanted to ask about the chocolate. Oh, this is the best. Uh, the lifetime supply of chocolate for Charlie. When does he get it? He doesn't. Why not? Because he broke the rules. What rules? We didn't see any rules, did we, Charlie? Wrong, sir. Wrong. Under Section 37B of the contract signed by him, it states quite clearly that all offers shall become null and void if, and you can read it for yourself in this photostatic copy, I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses herein and herein contained, etc., etc., fax mentis incendium gloria culpum, etc., etc., memo bis punitor delicatum. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Isn't that terrific? It's a great movie. Isn't that terrific? I am extraordinary. So he doesn't get nominated for that, which, uh, how do you know? I mean, it's like... So that movie's not a commercial success either. Yeah, that was a little independent film. I I came to find out it wasn't but a studio movie. But he was so movie. terrific in it. Well, he is, but you know what? It, like it wasn't. It didn't get any. Um, anything. So he he got nominated for Golden Globe. Okay. Where he lost out to Topal, Fiddler on the Roof, which is like a fucking joke. <laughs> you should be proud of that. Shut up. He lost out to uh, Bud Court. <laughs> well, Harold that yeah, well that he that was pretty uh, brilliant. He lost out to Dean Jones in the Million Dollar Duck, which is actually <laughs> one of my favorite films. Him and Sandy Duncan are hilarious together. <laughs> he lost out to Walter Matthau and Koch. Now, I could see giving it to Topol, so I don't have a problem with it. But I'm glad he was not. That's only the Golden Globes, right? He was not nominated. In fact, except for Walter Matthau, none of those. Oh, Topol was nominated for the Oscars. Topol, George C. Scott which is fine because I think he was just coming off a win the year before for Patton, mm-hmm. uh, Walter Matthau, and Peter Finch for Sunday Bloody Sunday. And the person who won, which you can't have a problem with, but you still would have liked to have seen Gene, Hack- uh, Gene Hackman won. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> gave it away. Good. But Gene Wilder, you would have liked to have seen him at least nominated and get the respect. But Gene Hackman won, and he's terrific too. So I can let that go. Sure. But... Um, I mean, how good is he in Willy Wonka? I mean, so scary and eerie and interesting. And the, so the film, uh, let me see, do I have the, uh, no. He said in his, when I, I saw an interview with him where he said, you know that when he first appears and he does that, he's walking yes, down the seen that too. thing and he stumbles. Did yeah. you see the thing where he says they, that he was. He demanded it. it. Right, or else he would have walked and not yeah. done the film. Yeah, and I also saw <laughs> that he said uh, he did it four times. 
three times where he tumbles and once oh, can we just get it straight and they were almost just going to use the straight part <laughs> and he got lucky that they used the tumble and then he said that's why I've never done another take the way they want because I don't <laughs> want to be in that position again right. where they might you know have the opportunity to cut it right um so then he did three films after the produ- you know, which were box office failures, which is the Start the Revolution, Quaxer, and Willy Wonka. Um, uh, which you know, and then and then the way he kind of got it back, again, being the producer not being a commercial success, was Woody Allen right. offering him the role in uh, everything you always <laughs> wanted to know about sex, right? Yeah. The Woolite was drinking the Woolite. <laughs> brilliant. Box. Yeah, I remember that as a kid, and I was like, that's so funny, but it's so creepy. Right. And that is something you've got to take a risk about. <laughs> right. I mean, nowadays? Well, nowadays you know, is a different... I know, but, but I'm then, saying back then, right. And so cool. he falls in, in the movie, if you haven't seen it, Gene Wilder falls in love with a sheep. <laughs> and, you know, that's pretty fucked up. It's hilarious. It's remember good. when the sheep is in stockings, you know, at the end, stuff like that. <laughs> and it, it's fucked up. And um, to yeah. accept a role and work, and it turns out, in Woody Allen wise, right. Everything you wanted to know about sex was a was a hit. Right. You know, for him, it grossed eighteen million and he has a two million dollar budget. Right. So that's a success in Woody Allen. And that, years. that might Woody have been Allen it. doesn't make a lot of money. Right. Like before that, like his movies weren't that huge either, right? That was no. his first real big success. It probably was. I mean I think Bananas did well, but it wasn't it still didn't make the money. Right. Until Annie Hall, where he actually made uh some decent money. Right. And then um I was, you know, I, I just know this off the top of my head, that Hannah and her sisters was his actually first real commercial success. That actually made so Annie Hall was would not be considered a no commercial that success. no that is a commercial success. But I'm saying financially, I mean that one Best Picture and right. had all the accolades. Right. Um, if it didn't, who knows? Right. But you know, Hannah and her sisters made like forty million, which is not what a Woody Allen movie makes. Right. Right. And I believe his business business. His best success to this date is Midnight in Paris, right? Uh, which was a huge success. Right, which, which is know, weird. Almost made a hundred million dollars. I know that's, that's really <laughs> well, Woody Allen movies just don't make that. Cafe Society actually did very well. Um, so you, you know, you skipped. I know that it wasn't really a Gene Wilder movie, but he had. I think this helped him a lot with his cameo in Bonnie and Clyde. Oh yes, you're right. I did skip that, and that's in '68. No, that completely helped him. That was a big. He just thing. auditioned for that. It's in. You know, when you look at Gene Wilder, and when you're I'm just saying our age in the sense that we weren't really alive when right. very, very young, right. when he was very popular. When you look back, you know, if you start looking at Gene Wilder stuff in the 80s, let's right. say, or the 90s, right. and you start going backwards, um, you know, you think when you see Bonnie and Clyde, you're like, oh, it, they use Gene Wilder. That's hilarious. Right. But nobody knew who Gene Wilder was. Right, right, totally. He just auditioned for the part and he kind of stole the show. <laughs> yeah. From what I'm told they gave him all straight lines and he just is hilarious <laughs> it's true and it's just his delivery and brilliance that made him you know pop out right and you have to kind of thank warren Beatty for kind of getting that this is going to work and right not being afraid to warren Beatty didn't direct it though right he but he, no, but he was Penn. in charge yeah i don't know how much power he had back then but it's he, true he, he had a lot of power all like right from did. the beginning i don't know it's i mean true. i don't think they, they they didn't want to use him as but right didn't he right. demand right. it kind of or say no i can do this yeah yeah i mean you gotta give you know that guy as big of an ego he has he does have some good instincts like he does uh unbelievable instincts brilliant. and again right for somebody you know unlike brad pitt right for right. somebody that was 
more handsome than Brad Pitt will ever be. When, right. If you can, if ladies, if you can even imagine. <laughs> I mean, this guy was the real deal. I mean, he made very good choices. He yeah. made very good films. He made poignant films, and he directed a lot of those yeah. films. And then when he was done, he got out. It's true. And and he bed some of the most beautiful women ever in existence. Whereas Brad Pitt married the first one he saw. What is that about? <laughs> what are you doing there? What are you doing there? Why are you ruining our good time? <laughs> Warren Beatty was the Sam Malone of his generation. <laughs> it's true. I mean, he slept with everybody, and that's why I always think it's funny that uh, you know, he, at except the end, he finally called Sarah. Right, except. So what are you doing? Uh, what are you wearing? She's like, pants. <laughs> oh, hi, what are you, Gary's friend? <laughs> I mean, how do you like that girl, right? That's when you know you've, you've made it. Warren Beatty's calling her, you know? <laughs> that's when the old and the new collide, you know? Right, right. Um, but yeah, right. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde, I wanted to talk about that. And so... After everything you want to know about sex, Gene Wilder started writing Young Frankenstein. I did not know this. Mm-hmm. Until he died, I did not realize. I know he co-wrote it, but I thought it was always Mel Brooks. This was Gene Wilder's idea. Oh, I didn't know that. And either. he wrote it. Wow. I mean, obviously, Mel Brooks could put his name on the thing because he right. helped him later. But he not only did he write it, he sent it to Mel Brooks. He goes, I'd like you to direct it. And Mel Brooks was like, I don't see it. <laughs> And, and and then his agent said, uh, I would appreciate if you could use my clients, uh, Peter Boyle and Marty Feldman. In it. And he goes, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find something for them. <laughs> Think about that. It's amazing. So Just the that way was it, all Gene Wilder? All Gene Wilder. I didn't Wilder. realize that. I didn't know that either. That's amazing. Not only was this guy a very interesting actor. Let's right. not say he's the greatest actor. He was just interesting. Right. And that's sometimes all you ask for people. That, Like Christopher Walken. We don't know how good an actor he is. We just know we enjoy watching him act whatever his choices are. Right. And that's the way Gene Wilder was, you figure, right? Right. We just enjoy his choices. Uh, but he's probably not the greatest actor that ever lived, you know, or, or you know, maybe he doesn't even deserve to win Best Actor. He's just interesting. Right. And why don't you deserve to win Best Actor for Willy Wonka? Because you made an outstanding choice. Sure. Um, so, yeah, he he wrote the whole thing. And then they. I think Mel Brooks' agent... Kind of forced me. He goes, Mel, you, you haven't had a hit at all. He was just working on the producer, not, uh, uh, Blazing Saddles. Right. Now, the funny thing is, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein came out the exact same year. Oh, I had, really? 74. They both came out in 74? Both came out in 74, one in January, February, and one in December. Now, I'm fascinated, and I don't think I've ever spoken about this before, but I'm fascinated with the year 1974 in movies. And I wrote an article about it. I never published it, like on the Huffington Post, uh-huh. because nobody cares except <laughs> me and maybe you. Right. I have... 1939, people talk about, if you know about movies, they talk about that being an unbelievable year in movies. Mm-hmm. You're talking about The Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and I'm probably forgetting about a bunch. And back in 1939, for even three legendary classic movies that are still on to this day right uh that you know t- t- tbs tbs will play i'm not talking about turning movie classics right tbs will play you know I, I mean the fact when i watch the wizard of oz on tbs i always look at the info guide i'm like I, I, when it says 1939 i'm still blown away <laughs> i'm still blown away so what was 74 and uh, um so 74 this is the these are the top highest grossing films but it doesn't even scratch the surface of what classics were actually there. These are the highest grossing films of 74. Blazing Saddles wins, right. hands down, $119 million. Then they made, which are all in the top 10, three disaster films. 
<laughs> oh, airplane, that was that airplane time. or whatever? No, airport was, 75. Yeah, airport, right. Airport 75. Right. Earthquake and the Towering Inferno. Right. They have the two, five, and seven spots. Right. They made a fortune. Towering yeah. Inferno was number two. People love that stuff. Towering Inferno with O.J. Simpson and Fred Astaire. <laughs> right. And that's the second most popular movie in 74 right. when Fred Astaire's not even popular anymore. Well, he's still Fred Astaire. The Trial of Billy Jack. Okay. And that comes way down to $89 million from 116 Young Frankenstein is number four. Right. So Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks own 1974. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combined, back then, you're saying, uh, I'm looking at a domestic gross, only domestic, $119 million for Blazing Saddles, $86 million for, uh, uh, for Young Frankenstein. And remember, well, maybe uh, that must be a total now. That movie came out in December, and it still makes the number four list right. in 74. Right. So that's, that's almost 200, that's over $200 million back then. And in black and white. those two movies, and in black and white. Yeah. And Mel Brooks demanded the black and white, and they right. were like, you're crazy. Um. Then, then number six, nineteen seventy four. I've given you some interest. We're talking about Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. Uh, you know all those legendary, uh, tragic. Things. <laughs> well, legendary, but totally forgotten. Yes, yes, forgotten. Yeah. But they were legendary. Uh, Godfather Part Two. Right. <laughs> we right. forgot about that one. Right. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> the Godfather Part Two was that year. Right. Number six. Right. It lost. To Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Sure. The Godfather Part 2, which is arguably better than Part 1. Uh, the Life and Times of Grizzly Adams, which shows you where everybody was at. <laughs> right. The Longest Yard, because Burt Reynolds was still a star. Right. And you ready for number 10? Benji. <laughs> but 1974. All right, what do we have? We have Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. I'm not counting the disaster movies. Right, and The Godfather. And The Godfather Part 2. You ready for this one? Chinatown. Oh, right. Oh, right. Right. Oh, right. Chinatown. Yeah. Um, Lenny. Right. That was good. That's a good one. And, 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 um, but then, and then you go into ones that are classics. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> right. I mean, they're classics in a different way. Right, right. But still, and, yeah. And the Texas, they're, still, they're still making those. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. The Man with the Golden Gun. Right. <laughs> you know, right. James Bond, which right. is up. I think that was like number you know, 11. Right. Uh, the Great Gatsby with Robert Redford. Right. The Conversation. Right. There's a Francis Ford So he did Godfather. He did both at the same. I, That's crazy. Yes, I know, right? I didn't know that. Those guys back then, they worked hard. They were, they were putting yeah. them out, right? Yeah. Death Wish, which right. spawned like five sequels. Right. Foxy Brown. Ugh. Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, which won great. Oscars for her and, yeah. you know, a bunch of musical stuff, right, too. I didn't know that was a Scorsese film. Yeah, it's one of his best. I had no idea. So this is all 1974. Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. You love that one, <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's Warren Oates, right? Yeah, it's I love that movie. one. The front page. Oh, that was... so it's funny. You have Billy Wilder, right. Still directing, right? At the time when you know Mel Brooks and uh, you know Woody Allen and people are directing this old school meets the new school right, right back then. Very right. interesting. Um, and Gene Wilder. So he had Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. He also, that same year, did The Little Prince. Yeah. And this horrible movie called Rhinoceros. <laughs> what is a rhinoceros? Carl is a rhinoceros. You're talking gibberish. Nicholson became a rhinoceros. The press just made it up. They do these sort of things. They just, just, just sell papers. No! I was chased all the way here. 
Oh, this movie sounds horrid. Sounds great. Well, that's why they have to add this in. It got bad reviews, but listen to the narrator. What is that? Based upon Eugenie Inesco's audacious, outrageous masterpiece of the modern theater. What's going on? brilliantly directed by Tom O'Horgan. Um... It's based on a UNESCO play. That's so. what I'm saying. Like, uh, <laughs> it, it, on a brilliant play. Like you, you would never send a trailer like based on the the great play. <laughs> uh, so it, the, the best part is they say the brilliant direction of Tom O'Hearn when Vincent Canby wrote an unreliable mouthpiece and an unreliable metaphor so grossly over-directed by Tom O'Horgan that you might get the idea Mr. O'Horgan thought he was making a movie for an audience made up entirely of rhinoceroses instead of people. <laughs> Says the critic of the Dallas Times-Herald, this comedy is a joy to see. Obviously. I'm getting to the uh, credits. The way they're trying to promote it. I'm hungry! Hungry! Sounds Hold like on. you. Starring the one and only incomparable Zero Mostel. So it's it's Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder together again. <laughs> and it I've never heard of it in my life until yesterday. Right. Have you? No, and I've never heard of it. The inimitable Gene Wilder. People who try to hang on to their individuality always come to a bad end. And the intoxicating Karen Block. <laughs> Can you honestly say? Think about her too. Yeah, seventy-four. She's great. She's in this one. I mean, this stinks, but also Star of Airport seventy-five, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Her and Charlton Heston wasn't that? Was it that, Charlton? No, no, Heston? no. It's not. No, it. it yeah. I don't. Isn't it Charlton Heston? I Airport seventy-five, and doesn't he do the the in air uh, getting into the plane from the other plane? Oh, maybe I, I, I can't remember. That's. I know he was in Earthquake. Right. He was in all the disaster movies for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, how about that? So, um, yeah, 74, uh, did you know this? Walk this way. Marty Feldmore, Marty Feldman says that as Igor, never instructs his master who proceeds to copy the hunchback shuffling gate. I did not know, Aerosmith, that's where he got Steven Tyler. Oh yeah. Found the line hilarious. And repurposes the title track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that you know I, that from, I knew. You knew it was from that? Well, because it was just the 30th anniversary of the Run DMC collaboration video, like a couple months oh, ago. Oh, and so they talked about they it? They talked about oh, that, Oh, that's yeah. so interesting. Did you also know, I didn't realize, uh, you know, I always forget Gene Hackman's in Young Frankenstein. The reason he's in Young Frankenstein, remember, look at this. I mean, this is the stuff that does happen to probably our friends, but the... You know, so the agent says, can you put Peter Boyle and Marty Feldman in it? Right. And then Gene Wilder goes, do you mind directing this to Mel Brooks? And then Gene Hackman and him play tennis all the time. And Gene Hackman's like, can I be in it? I'd really like to try comedy. Yeah, we'll find something for you. Right. And then it turns out his part is one of the funniest parts in the movie. (laughs) Right. I keep forgetting he's in it. And then I'm like, how did they get a huge star like this? Because he was already an Academy Award winner. Right. But I guess they were, but they weren't all as successful yet you know i mean that's the Mar- thing marty, marty feldman was really famous in england as a comedian oh like is he, that right he was a very famous british comic by that point but right? mel brooks kind of made him popular here right? right but it's funny that like they asked him to stick him in the movie because like who else would you get for igor you know well, we, is there somebody else there must have been somebody I, else I back guess. then but i mean he is perfect <laughs> it's sort of yeah um yeah uh so anyway so that year 74 that we've had all these unbelievable movies. Um, uh, uh, what, is, what did I see here? Just, uh, 
Game of oh, right, Thrones. wait, wait, wait. So, oh, so, so Gene Wilder is not nominated for, for Best any, Actor. Or anything. He is nominated, I believe, for Best Screenplay. Oh. Him and Mel Brooks are nominated for Young Frankenstein. Right. They're nominated. Right. They lost. Two? Godfather 2. We're going to let that go. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> he also won Best Picture. He won like everything that Well, year. that's the thing. Uh, right. <clears throat> what are you going to do? Right. You know, he, right. he was up against uh, Lenny and uh, Godfather 2. Lenny was up for everything, too. Right. We're going to let that go. Sure. Because technically, Young Frankenstein is just a piece of brilliance. It is. But so is The Godfather 2. Right. And the right. script. Yeah. Also. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to beat that. You, yeah. That. We can let that go. So that's the thing. But it should have been nominated. He should have been nominated for Best Actor because he was very, very brilliant. Right. And again, you make those choices, and he's good. So he lo- he doesn't even get nominated. But again, uh, I think you could. I don't know if you. Here's the problem with seventy four. You can't take out Al Pacino for Godfather two. Well, sure. No, you can't take out Jack Nicholson for Chinatown. Right. You can't actually. You you could, but you can't take out Dustin Hoffman for Lenny. He was brilliant. Yeah, he was great. You could make a choice for Albert Finney for Murder on the Orient Express, but he was very good. Right. But the person that won, who this spot should have completely gone to Gene Wilder, is Art Carney. Wait, he beat out all those other guys? He beat for, out all those for what? other guys. Harry and Tonto. <laughs> now, I've, that was I have like an one entire of those, like, podcast where I went through. Right. What a bag of shit. Now, who doesn't like Art Carney? Well, that was why. Was that like his first award? And they're exactly. like, he's going to die soon. And exactly. We gotta yeah. And I made a whole list right. from 1970 to 2016 right. of the of the basically the same award they gave to Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Here's your body of work award. Congratulations. Right. Right. Leonardo DiCaprio's best work is not The Revenant. <laughs> no, like, yeah, no. he's due. Right. Art Carney was due. Right, right. But you know what? If you're going to beat out Al Pacino and Jack Nicholson in Chinatown, and quite frankly, even Dustin Hoffman and Lenny, you suck. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> Academy. That's just not right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, and you know, Mel Brooks, why not be nominated for Young Frankenstein for Best Director? It was, he, it looks it was, great, it doesn't brilliant. it? It's brilliant. Yeah, it's a great movie. So you lose out to Francis Ford Coppola. I get that. And right. again, deservingly so. Um, but I think you could have taken out Francois Truffaut. Well, that last Day Metro? for Night. Oh, Day for Night. Well, that's a masterpiece, too. I don't know that one. It sounds stupid. <laughs> but wait, that's... John Cassavetes, A Woman Under the Influence. Come on. Again, no, no, no I got to say, those are great films. What else is in there? Bob Fosse for Lenny. Oh. Roman Polanski for Chinatown. Jesus. You know, now, see, that's, that's a... You're a talk, category. Yeah, you, you're listing all the airplane movies and what, or airport, but <laughs> yeah. like the truth is all those movies are great movies. So you agree that 74 was this unbelievable I, year yeah. of, of art, comedy, <laughs> yeah. and the whole classics. Shebang. I know, and it comedy always loses, you know? Comedy and always loses. even a genre, yeah, comedy's always going to lose at, at least at the Oscars, not the Golden Globes. Right. Uh, and even a genre of disaster films right, is right, born. Right, uh, An amazing year. Um, so, and, and none of the, uh, so wait, best... Um, Best Supporting Actress. Okay. Uh, interesting. Madeline Kahn, nominated right. for Blazing Saddles as Lily von Stupp, which is <laughs> hilarious to see right. in print. <laughs> right. uh, she loses to Ingrid Bergman in Murder on the Orient Express. Now, she, I see losing to Ingrid Bergman, but not for Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, that's so weird. I can see her losing to Diane Ladd, and Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, or even Talia Shire in Godfather Part Two. But 
you're giving an award to Ingrid Bergman not for her work in Murder in the Orient Express. Right. And uh, But it's great that she was nominated. Very exciting. So, yeah, they they were nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, De Niro won for Godfather Part Two that year. Also up against, and you know, I talked about this at the last Godfather, uh, James Caan, Duval, Pacino, they're all up against each other for the first one. Right. Lose to Joel Gray in Cabaret, or Joel Gay right. in Cabaret. <laughs> you know? It was like they split the vote, right? I know, but it's an embarrassment because <laughs> I was talking about it as my stand-up, uh, the first guy, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. It's the exact opposite <laughs> speech that James Conn was going to, I'd like to thank uh, Brando. Right. Appreciate that. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God, first of all, Liza, Liza, <laughs> where would I be without my Liza? Right. Two totally different, if, if we go back in time and James Conn win, you just can find this speech. Uh, also like to thank Francis. I couldn't I, I don't even know what to say, you motherfucker. <laughs> um so uh yeah, so De Niro ends up beating out you know, Frankie Five Angels right. and Lee Strausberg and you know, Hyman Roth. Uh, and Fred Astaire was nominated for the Towering Inferno. But that's an honorary one. Thank right. God he didn't win. Right. I mean, obviously I would have liked to have seen him win, but you can't beat out De Niro and Godfather too. Sure. That's a that's an amazing performance. Um Blazing Saddles, nominated for Best Film Editing. Oh, that's Blazing Saddles, nominated... Um, Young Frankenstein, nominated for Best Sound. Huh. Uh, Blazing Saddles, nominated for Best Original Song. Oh, right. Well, that's I a mean, great but song. look at that. The, these guys, uh, you know, uh, Best Original Score, uh, The Little Prince was nominated. All the stuff Gene Wilder the little was Prince, in. The Little Prince, huh? But it didn't win. Right. Great Gatsby won. You'd think uh, Blazing Saddles would have done that. What I'm saying is, best original song score, right? That, not that, but best original song was oh, nominated. Right, right. But I'm just saying, look at these guys. Look at Gene Wilder. '74, he was yeah, they were on top owning, of the world. Yeah, yeah, owning the Oscars. I yeah. mean, it's 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 very impressive. Oh, Frederick, are you all right? Yes. Would you excuse me for one minute, dear? Oh, of course, Doctor. Igor, <clears throat> may I speak to you for a moment? Of course. Sit down, won't you? Thank you. No, no, up here. Oh. Thank you. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people just couldn't do this the right way. Now, we <laughs> all know he's going to blow. Right. But it's hard to do a comedy like this where the whole audience knows what's going to happen. Right, we right. know... Igor's going to get it. Right. But it's just his demeanor like, may I speak to you for a second? <laughs> and it's like anybody could do that line, but you got to do it just the right way to keep people engrossed. Yeah, yeah. And he's, when he's doing that, you can just hear it in his voice. We're not watching it. <laughs> right. He's a joy. Right. Now, that <laughs> brain that you gave me. It's also the timing. <laughs> Was right. it Hans Delbrooks? <laughs> no. Ah. Ah, even that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Uh, would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not <laughs> be angry. It's like every line he says is perfect and a choice. Right. And a comic choice right. and an acting choice. And again, when we were even saying over it, he's like, ah, <laughs> you know, you, could you say that line then? Do you say it quick? Right after he says, no, I did not. Ah. Right. You know, or do you wait? You know, I mean, all these choices sure, is what sure. makes him so great. Yeah, no, he's brilliant. I'd be someone. 
<laughs> Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby normal. <laughs> Just the inflection in his voice makes you laugh. The way he talks. I right. never know whether he could be a serious actor because he just has this way of talking. Well, he's just such a sweet guy, the right? So that's he knows how to use that it's like in this case. Fascinating listening to it and not watching it. <laughs> right. You can hear the the verb that he right. just gives it. I'm almost sure that was the name. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide gorilla? Is that what you're telling me? Wait, wait, get up. What? Now, how hot was Terry uh, Terry Gar in that too? And they started dating. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's way hot. Oh, right. In fact, he. You know, you realize he was already married twice by that point. I did not know. And his second wife divorced him because she thought he was having an affair with Madeline Kahn. Oh, really? And then he was like, "No," you know, he denied it. <laughs> but then they get divorced, and then he was dating Terry. You know, I was watching, uh, they have outtakes from that, and it's very, Madeline Kahn was very beautiful. Yeah. It really, really was. Yeah. You know, you, sometimes you don't think of it because she's so funny, but she was um, like a real beauty. Like, when you see her at the beginning where she's wearing the hat and she's got the fur on, she's right. just like a very pretty face. Um, you know, this, I don't know, you, you think of women comedy, you know, it's always so difficult sometimes, especially back then, but she was really, really talented. She As a good. movie actress, there was yeah, a lot of TV great... funny ladies, but there weren't a lot of very funny movie funny ladies. And Terry Gar was one of them too, actually. She was very good too. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, let's play this too, because he's just. This is the same year. The camp town racetrack, five miles long. Oh, the doodar day. Drunk and number two must be awake. Are we awake? We are not sure. Are we black? Yes, we are. Then we're awake, <laughs> but we're very puzzled. I think I'd better straighten myself out. Need any help? You know, that's the first scene they ever shot. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, He went there on a, like, he was filming The Little Prince. And um, Mel Brooks said, please, I need you because this guy was a drug addict who he first hired. Uh Um, Gig Young, maybe. And he had a breakdown. And he's like, hey, can you fill in? Right. That's how it happened. Huh. Uh he wasn't supposed to play that part and he was already doing something else. And they called him last minute and said, can you come in? And he came in and he immediately just filmed that scene. Right. First. <laughs> That's so interesting. That's right? amazing. It's interesting because these are classics. Right. Classics. When you hear kind of the backstory, uh, I, I'm just uh, completely fascinated. And that's the other thing too. I always thought that you know, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, obviously, that, that's what's funny too. All this happened 
And then Gene Wilder had a second kind of career right. with like a buddy pictures with Richard Pryor, which was right. groundbreaking <laughs> right. because, you know, he's black. Right. I thought maybe there was some sort of connection with Blazing Saddles because Richard Pryor did definitely help write Blazing Saddles, right. but was too fucked up to play it. And that's why we got Cleveland Little. Right. It was fine. Um, but obviously not that great because we've never heard from again, really, except in Fletch Lives. Um, but he was good. I mean, yeah, he was very good. But Richard Pryor, I think, would have been better because he had more. I don't know because you, you know Richard Pryor has an edge. Yeah, and like that character, like part of what made him so perfect is everybody's so racist. Yeah, but he's such a sweet guy. Like, oh, you know I see. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe Richard Pryor could have acted though. You know? Maybe. Maybe. Because we didn't really know who he was back. I mean, you know, unless right. he did comedy. But even then, he wasn't as like he was later. Right. And then it's just so interesting. That's where I thought the connection was, but it had nothing to do with that. Um, Wilder's agent sent him a script for a film called Super Chief, which turned out to be Silver Streak. Right. And Wilder accepted, but told the film's producer he thought the only person who could keep the film from being offensive was Richard Pryor. And then he accepted the role, and then they made this. Wow. They became Hollywood's first successful interracial movie comedy <laughs> duo. Right. And they were so successful, too. I mean, they had four movies together. Some not and, so good. Well, just actually, the last one was Only You, I think it's called. I don't have the notes Another You. That. Another You. Right. That wasn't good. But See No Evil, you know, it was wasn't right. horrible, and it made a lot of money. <laughs> right. And that was their third one after right. Stir Crazy. I remember right. seeing that. It wasn't horrible. Stir Crazy obviously made a lot of money. Right. And Silver Streak made a lot of money, money too. Sure. And that was an action comedy that yeah. was one of the first that might have been the first action comedy well yeah, North was, by Northwest is probably like that right that could be considered the first but as far as action comedy goes The In-Laws would you consider The In-Laws yeah I guess so yeah. right but that was later I don't was remember maybe that was later yeah yeah so this is the first 75, 76 76 Silver Streak um, you know uh, an action hero for a black guy and uh, especially Gene Wilder somebody who you know is just known for comedies playing an action hero right very interesting right and I mean look at this guy look at this guy Gene Wilder you know he's like all you know all crazy stuff but then um, but then he would make his own stuff it's so funny this guy wrote Young Frankenstein but he never came close to doing anything like that again writing wise Right, although he did, you know, the last 10 years of his life, all he did was write books and stuff. He, right, he wrote but a lot they of weren't things. classics like this. No, right? I mean, I'm not saying they were like in the culture, but he was clearly The trailer a I played up front, Funny About Love, you know, you can see that's a horrible film. <laughs> uh, first of all, why would you ever name yourself, if you're Jewish, Duffy Bergman? <laughs> Duffy Bergman's biological clock is about to go off. <laughs> right. I remember this movie, and I remember it because Leonard Nimoy directed it, and the reason why I remember it is because me, my sister, and David Tell saw the movie being filmed one day when we were in the village. <laughs> we saw Leonard Nimoy around. We're like, hey, Spock. You know, like, it was so funny. And then we saw, we were eating at a restaurant on, like, McDougal by the Comedy Cellar. <laughs> yeah. Me and my sister and Atel, the three right. of us. Right. And, and Gene Wilder kept running by. And we're like, what the fuck is the matter with that guy? <laughs> and then we realized they were filming Funny About Love. Right. And we were, like, so excited to see it because we saw it being filmed. That it was so disappointing and so stupid and... You heard the trailer up front. It's just, uh, it sucks. And when a guy who's so brilliant is just bad, and that brings us to, which I can't even believe you knew, Gene Wilder's sitcom. Yeah, Something uh, Wilder. Something Wilder, <laughs> which, you know, I, I forgot about it. And I was like, why wouldn't I be more excited than anything else just right. to see this guy on a weekly basis? But it is absolutely horrid. Although that, here's, yeah. You can tell by the music it's bad. And you can tell it's from the very early 90s. 
should have had Urkel on the show. <laughs> well, that was be. Oh yeah, that was around Urkel time. <laughs> yeah. Well, they messed up. That is the worst idea I've heard so far. <laughs> he runs an ad. Given me one thing that would yeah, he's an ad man. Yeah, into town. Uh, Mrs. Thornton, what about idea number twenty-three? You really seem to spark to that one. Bikini-clad girls and Ferraris. <laughs> I don't think so, Mr. Travis. I don't think any of these ideas are right for the Tourism Council. What is most important to us is to promote the wholesome image of the town. Oh, hello, Mrs. Thornton. I don't, where the hell is he? I don't know. Let's, uh, let me, hold on a second. Let me get... We don't know if there are a bunch of maniacs over there with Uzis waiting to blow away the first person to come to the door. So I'm the one who's expendable? Unfortunately, Gene, yes. Because I'm the only one who knows how to work the dishwasher. Why is Gene Wilder uh, in a show like that? Um, I don't know, but I, I, this is that episode you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I go to memo and I'm like, uh, yeah, we're probably going to talk about his TV show. He goes, Oh, you mean the one with Alice Cooper? <laughs> right. Like he knew memo knew. I didn't even realize <laughs> Alice Cooper was brought in to single-handedly save the show. Right. Well, that's the only good episode I think from the entire, and when I say good, I mean, you know, in quotes or whatever. So do you think was Alice Cooper coming off at least Wayne's world at that point or he was already a husband too. He couldn't have been coming on to save the show. I, you well, know no, because I mean, this was is still nineties, but not it was seventies. But was this after Wayne's World? Because like that's what was, I don't. I I think it was. Yeah, he that was kind of huge. Yeah, then he was yeah. huge after that. Yeah. Plus, oh no, that was still in the eighties when he had that song Poison, which was a comeback song for him. Right. Um. But yeah, here. So they're they're complaining about. Apparently, Alice Cooper moved in next door. Right. And they're complaining, and she's trying to get them to turn down the music. Besides, you owe me for that Rockwell and Stockbridge idea. All right, all right. But if I come back and I'm dead, we're even. <laughs> so he goes to Alice Cooper's house, and there's a huge party going on, and all sort of all sorts of crazy punks and weird people. And do you remember the the premise? Because I can't believe you remember this. Do you remember what's happening and what happens? It's kind of funny. Well, they're having a big party, right? Yeah. And there's like a dominatrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but. There's there's actually a very funny twist that if you were writing it, it would be funny. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll explain it. In a Hello. Hello. I'm looking for the owner of the house. Thanks. All right. There's like a who's on first routine. Yeah, they keep doing that. Right. Can you believe I'm letting this play? <laughs> How did this get canceled? I tried, I swear, but I couldn't get past the guy with the mouse. Why didn't you just ask for the owner of the house? Annie, don't start. Oh, Gene, are you going to handle this with you? I know, he shouldn't be in this. I know. It's like bad. We shouldn't even be playing it. It's so disrespectful in a way, but let, <laughs> we have to. You want me to go? Yes, I am going to handle this. I want you to go over there. Gene, go. <laughs> Oh, hey, man, did you find him? I'm not talking to you. I need to talk to someone who understands me. Oh, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's like the turbocharger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like the party at turbo. 
I don't know why this wasn't a bigger hit. Good attack, dog. Finder. Find who? The owner of the house. Alice. Exactly. Where is she? Who? I, I just skipped, by the way. I skipped. Yeah, you jumped. Yeah, right. I jumped. This is They're the, still this doing is the bit. The Abbott and Costello bit. Yeah. Right. This time it was a dominatrix doing Abbott and Costello. At least they acknowledged it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Were you <laughs> no, no, that was. Well, then let's continue. Yeah. You know, I love when guest stars are on Look, shows. Mr. Right? Cooper, I'm here. By the way, you mind if I call you Mr. Cooper? I find it a little difficult to call you Alice. Hey, Renfield, whose idea was the old guy in the bathrobe? Hey, listen, pal. I was expecting a cross-dressed vampire riding on a unicorn. Do you ride? A little. Nah, you're too old. I'm not too old. So you don't mind wearing the bustier and the high heels? Maybe I'm too old. Look, Mr. Cooper, I don't think I understand. I'm your neighbor, Gene Bergman, from across the way. Gene Bergman. <laughs> he loves using that name Bergman. What's the matter with him? Duffy Bergman, Gene Bergman. What the fuck is it? What kind of Jew wants it? If I was going to be in a show, I would call myself uh, David, you know, St. Hubbins or whatever. I mean, that. why would you want to use such a Jewy name? Uh, Does funny. it have to be so Jewy? I would appreciate it if you turn your music down a little. Oh, so you've heard my music constantly since you moved in. Which cut do you think should be my next single? All right, this is horrible. So what happens is uh, they're filming a video right, right now. And apparently the mouse goes up Gene Wilder's pants. Right. Oh, and he starts so he's to dance. Tra- starting right. to dance. Right. And then that they show that on TV. <laughs> that that's the video right. of him dancing, which is kind of funny. Right. Uh, but it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say on paper this sounds like your perfect sitcom. I exactly. <laughs> Let's just. How about the one that sounds like? painted up like Alice Cooper. I oh, right. he, he didn't know who he was. Oh, I think he, they gave him some drugs. Who's our neighbor? Alice. Who's Alice? Annie, don't start. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this is 30 <laughs> minutes later. Right. She played a major part in your nightmares last night. She's the dominatrix I was trying to tell you about. She was at Alice Cooper's last night. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that Alice Cooper lives next door to us? Yes, that's where all the noise was coming from. And you went next door and told him to stop playing his music? What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. That took like a <laughs> 20 minutes to get to. I know. It's horrible. You made me do it. Well. Hey, wait. I'm going to get to the, uh, th- well, you know what? Fuck it. I think we're done. Yeah, <laughs> like, people get God, it. Do they? <laughs> I'm not so, so. sure. Uh, yeah. So, yipes. Not good, right? I know. It's not the best way to end your career. But oh, I'm not ending it. No, the career, not the show. Oh, right. We'll begin with a spin. It's great, too, because he doesn't sing, but he has a sweet voice. Right. And then he was in The Little Prince, you know, too, singing. Right. That's not a great singer, but... No, but he's got a good, distinct voice. Yeah. But Fred Astaire didn't sing either, and he would have been good in this. 
Fred Astaire would have been interesting in it. I didn't know that. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Wait, why are we back to anything you want to? Didn't want to end the tribute with oh, something horrible. I, I see. Well, you you know you missed like well you didn't miss it but you just you, the whole no, Richard Pryor section. We you talked know? about it. No, I know, but it's like that was really like between that and Blazing Saddles, like he was. They were able to like make America like you know all the racial tension, like in a way like that w- like Gene Wilder was a perfect with with um, Richard Pryor was like such a perfect way to be able to sort of like laugh and talk about that in films because he's such a likable guy like people weren't you know I mean uh, Gene Wilder I don't know it just seems like you you think about that now like you can't make those jokes now right yeah, like yeah. but even then. If it yeah. wasn't those two guys, not Richard Pryor, but the other guy. You're right. Him. Even the obvious one where you just go, we bad, we bad. Like, you'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Like, for real? Exactly. Is that what you think black people talk like? Right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. And it was good. I was just kidding. You know, um, I was so obsessed with Willy Wonka, as you know. Right. I did a Wonka opera. Yeah. it's a- And uh, which was, you know, taking most of the songs and writing some new ones. Uh, here's a little uh, sample. One, two, three. That's me singing. <laughs> but what it was was me singing onto a tape recorder, and then this guy put in the music later. So oh, that's why wow. it sounds like that, because I, I told him what I wanted, and then that's the way we wrote all the songs together. We wrote nine songs. Wait, but that vocal track we just heard was was sang before the instruments, yeah. and then they added the... In- that's impressive, because you stayed in key. He's kept he, in the tempo. He's good. Mark Humble. Great guy. Good. Well, the reason why I thought of the Willy Wonka thing, I mean, I always had it in mind, is that I heard he was in a band called Bubble, I think, and he did a, a version of Pure Imagination that I really liked. I and then it turned out that we had a mutual friend, <clears throat> which is now his wife, and I called him up and I'm like, would you be interested in doing a Willy Wonka Wonka opera? Did you do this whole tribute just so you could play that song? Is that... Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious. So. Yeah, it's... No, so that's interesting about the Richard Pryor. You're right. I did skip over that because that's not the way I think. Right, right. I know you think that way, <laughs> which is why it's great that you're here. Yeah, but it was such, just such an interest. You know, one thing I do want to say about Gene Wilder, because when, you know, everybody on Facebook, like 90% of the posts about Facebook seem to say like, oh, now he's in heaven with Gilda. Now he's like, him and Gilda are together again and all this stuff about him and Gilda. Because everybody loved Yeah, I, I skipped over that whole thing because it was such a mess. Right. He was so in love with her. They kept making movies together and they were horrible. Well, no, what I, what I thought was interesting is that a few years ago, A&E did this like, they had this like series. I don't know what the series was, but it was like interviews with people, like long, hour long interviews. And there was this, there, and I don't know if you can get this on YouTube, but it's Gene, a Gene Wilder interview. He's old. It's just a few years ago. And it's um, Alec Baldwin interviewing him, which is the worst huh. person you want to be interviewing Gene Wilder. Odd. But it's weird. And they're walking around his house in Connecticut, just like around the gardens and everything. And then they go to the kitchen. And he, the, the whole thing is like them walking around the house and it's an interview. Yeah. And even though Alec Baldwin is horrible, Gene Wilder is so good. But the thing that he that he said that I thought was interesting was that he was like him and Gilda never really had a good marriage. They weren't really that into each other. Yeah, he was like he was like Who he said was, that Gene Wilder did. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like he was like it's you know he was like yeah it was a marriage but honestly we weren't. I don't think it was really love and like 
You know, really? I mean, yeah. It's so odd because it seemed like he, when she died, he couldn't go on and he retired pretty much. Well, so here's the thing. So when he was researching see no evil, hear no evil, and she was in the hospital at the time. And he, he was, played the deaf guy, right? Right, right. So in his research for being deaf, he went to like this center, you know, he wanted to learn all about how, what it is to be deaf. And the lady that helped him research oh he ended up fucking right he ended up falling in love with him nice. they were married <laughs> until now until he died oh my and he was and in the interview he's like she was the first true person i truly loved wow and he and he's so happy what you know, a stab at gilda i know right but Ooh, but it's, everyone's so like oh like what the best couple and they were so great together and he was like yeah i wasn't wow. really that into her I, oh that's uh I know. Sad. I actually thought that was like a true love story, <laughs> where like he could not go on without her. I know. Turns out he couldn't wait to go on without her <laughs> in this weird, sad way. Like, yeah, he's probably so angry at haunt, haunted honeymoon. That he's just, <laughs> that's why he's like, Gilda, you ruined my career single-handedly. <laughs> right. Oh, that's um, oh, that's too bad. It is sad, but he died happy. He had a he had a he, his fourth wife was. You know, the it's one. funny. I, I don't know whether you know this, and I'd actually like to see it. Um, he, you know, he did this show on uh, NBC. He had a, it seems like he had a deal with NBC. Something Wild was on NBC. Then I, I totally remember he was on an episode of Will and Grace playing Will's right. boss. I remember I couldn't wait to see it because, you know, he, he was on it. He won an Emmy for it because it's one of those things you do. Right. Uh, just the way they gave Ruth Gordon one on Taxi. Right. Uh, but then he apparently, in 1999, he appeared in three television movies, one of which was the NBC adaptation of Alice in Wonderland, which I remember because right. he sang the song Turtle Soup. I remember it wasn't very good. But the other two was Murder in a Small Town and Lady in Question, which were mystery movies for A&E that were co-written by him, uh. in which he played a theater director turned amateur detective. <laughs> Sounds like your perfect vehicle. I, I know. <laughs> so today I was coming home and I was listening to this old, I wish I had the, I probably do have a clip somewhere. And I was listening to this old clip. Actually, I'm going to look it up and see if I have it. Um, of the old ABC like Sunday night movie theme, and how I wish I could um, do that uh, and make an old fashioned, you know, with me, Sarah, Atel, Artie, you know, <laughs> just like and and I'm an amateur, you know, whatever it is, right. a theater director, whatever the the job I used to have. Right. But I'm also an amateur sleuth with all my friends. <laughs> but we age ourselves. Because that's what we're going to be doing in 20, 30 years. I see. We will be doing the Andy Griffith, right. Matt Locke or something, you know, like that. And right. I mean, how interesting would that's that hilarious. be, right? Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, I just thought of that today. After I read this, I think it was in my mind. Right. So, I don't know. So, you know um, what Gene Wilder's last appearance was? Uh, I do not. So, it's sort of like the Orson Welles, you know what Orson Welles' last appearance well you're not gonna if you don't know this you're not i mean was it a commercial no it was um he was the voice of a planet in transformers the movie no way yeah that was really yeah and then he died like like right after that oh that's a good (laughs) which is ridiculous right yeah but it's good for uh what's his face to what's that a normal um, uh, annoying director no no not the transformers movie from like a couple years ago i'm talking about in the 80s the cartoon oh the (laughs) cartoon oh that's even weirder (laughs) yeah well how'd they even get him i I you sure it wasn't a guy doing him? No, no, no. It was he. I don't know how they got him, but he was he like he's the voice of some planet okay. in this cheesy cartoon, right? And uh, Gene Wilder's last appearance was uh, he did the voice for someone in Yo Gabba Gabba, and those which oh, is really? not quite as cheesy, but that's his last. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but that's yeah, a little bit of trivia happens, for you, I guess. Well, that's I guess that's our Gene Wilder tribute, huh? I mean, it's not a horrible one. It's not a great one. It's uh, 
We it laughed. What it we is. cried. We did. Um, yeah, just had. You know who was uh, his? Apparently, he really he got a long. His wife in that show is so annoying. One of those annoying sitcom right. wives. She used to be a soap opera actress, and she still is on like One Day to Live or One Life to Live, and she like took time off to do that. Like, why would you use a soap <laughs> opera actress for, for like something like that? It was supposed to be Jennifer Grey, but apparently test audiences approved, disapproved the age difference. Oh. He was, I looked it up. He was like in his, it, it's the premise, uh, I looked this up to uh, a 50-something husband, Gene Bergman and his wife Annie, who was in her 30s, right. are learning to cope with raising four-year-old fraternal twin son. Now, this is a perfect plot for me because this is going to be my life. Right. But he was 60. Yeah. I so know. it's so funny because I was going to say I, I would, in the credits, use a 40-something, you know, and then when you look it up, like, he was 50 right. for me if I did that sitcom. Right. My well, sitcom you know, that, is going to be my life, by the way. That brings up another interesting point is that, you know, when he was doing all those movies in the 70s, he was already pretty, like, he seems young. He yeah, looks young. Yeah. He was already middle-aged. Yeah, that was that's interesting how uh, old he was, actually. Um. Yeah, Alice Cooper. He was in the fourteenth episode. Guess what the episode was called? Uh, some uh, Alice and hanging I, with Mr. Cooper. Oh, that's a great title. Well, you know, on the other hand, Alice Cooper did say that that me working with Gene Wilder was his number one. Where did you hear that acting experience? I think on Wikipedia. Not working with uh, Mike Myers. No, he said. <laughs> he, no, yeah, he said that was the number one. His best number one moment in his career was to work. I with I think Gene that Wilder. makes. A lot of sense. Well, sure. Who wouldn't want to work with Gene Wilder? Yeah, exactly. Even if it's on a cheesy sitcom. I know. I was on Artie's show, and I, I guess I kept saying how I was getting angry because all my favorite people were dying, and I'll never get a chance to not know, meet them or whatever, and they just gave me so much shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why I bothered going on that show. But I always feel like I deserve it because I give so much people shit, so right. it's just good to get it back. But, you know, like like I said, losing... You know, David Bowie, I was always hoping run into him or something. <laughs> we could work together, right? Well, I don't know. I hope maybe. In, yeah, you know. I get it. I mean, you know, having Richard Klein in The Godfather, I mean, that's a big deal right. for me. Yeah, that's exciting. And, you know, guys my age who worship Larry from Three's Company. And uh, Joe Messina was telling me yesterday that he saw an episode of Three's Company over the weekend, like one of the first seasons, where they, um, uh, uh, Chrissy was taking Super 8, movies of Jack and, and Janet and then um, they were also having a bachelor party and Larry bought the stag film you know and um, and, he ran into, and he ran into Mr. Roper and accidentally spilled it and he's like what is this you know it's important for the super to uh, watch these movies before <laughs> just to make sure that they're all okay and so they have to watch it and it turns out they get duped uh, that it's a Woody Woodpecker cartoon but the great misunderstandings are just you know where mr roper has the you know what he thinks is a porn film right uh you know it goes to janet and she's like oh i'm in that film <laughs> what you know like i mean how great is that you know and and it's all larry's doing and he's the one that bought the stag film i mean right. that is the part i have been waiting to play my whole life and someday you know i mean maybe he is definitely not the caliber of gene wilder but you know, you really do hope to work with those people sometimes. You know, maybe one day it'll, sure. it'll work out. I mean, you know, the, what's better than meeting your hero? Although everybody says meeting your heroes kind of sucks, but um, sometimes it can be bad. Like Woody Allen always talked about when he met Groucho Marx, and clearly <laughs> Groucho was a huge influence. Yeah, he's number you don't, one. Yeah, number one. Him, right. Bob Hope. Right. Those two guys. He said he, when he met Groucho, he was very old. And it was, you know, remember old Groucho when he'd be on the night show? <laughs> well, 
I heard you've been fishing, Grouch. It, it sounds fishy to me. <laughs> you know, so Gilbert does the amazing old Groucho uh, imitations, which is so, he was horrible. <laughs> and it is funny when you meet your heroes, um, sometimes it doesn't turn out the way you want it. It's true. Well, that's the end of our show today. We spoke for two hours and about ten minutes. Wow. I told you it'd be a long one, and I didn't even get to everything I needed to do today. <laughs> I didn't even get to Sunday television season or anything. Right. All the millennials are waiting with bated breath. Yeah, I know. Listen, I know I'm the last guy to talk about <laughs> network television, but I cannot help myself. I find it very entertaining. I don't even know whether I'm going to watch half of these shows. I just like right. guessing which ones are going to fail and having something like Something Wilder be like, this is a bag of shit, <laughs> right. and I'm going to tell you why. And then I have my, you know, from last year, I, 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 I tell you which ones I, you know, thought were not going to make it and see if I was right or wrong. And, right, right. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to that next week. We have plenty of time. There was plenty to talk about today and plenty to do, and I think we did a nice show. I had a great time talking. I was very relaxed. And it was wonderful talking to you, Memo. I'm glad I was able to help. In that well, way. you know, you're you're a great guy on any subject, so it's good talking to you about music and film and uh, race, I guess, if I must. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you're the only white person who's ever appeared on Marina Franklin's show. I was honored. Think about Actually, that. Actually, that was great. That is an honor. Yeah, for real. Because you did a a rap video, right? Or no, no, I wrote a, an article oh, an about hip hop, '90s hip hop, '90s right? hip hop. Yeah, that was a good. That was good. Yeah, they got Actually. a lot of play. Congratulations on that, by the Thank way. Thank you. That's good. Anyway, uh, I will see you next week on the podcast. And we'll come at you a week from today after football season has gotten underway. And um, I'll be going to London the day after I record. So that is exciting, too. We will see you next week on the Dave Joskow Podcast. Hope you have a great week, everybody.